0: Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Tamara, a.k.a. Girl from Harlem.
1: And this is Ray Daniels, a.k.a. The Culture Referee.
0: And this is The Guy Show.
1: (laughs) And today we have uh, a good friend of mine. This is a guy that I've always admired. When I was coming up, I I wanted to emulate how his relationship was with his artist's he never knew that from me, by the way. I
2: appreciate That's that. That's why I keep I asking never for glasses that. so I can <laughs> be like, yeah. <laughs> I never knew that. And,
1: you know, and this is a guy who uh, has I've watched from a distance make legendary moves, legendary plays. And the thing I like the most about him is that he just seemed like he didn't give a fuck. You know, <laughs> some people do great shit, and they can't wait for you to say, did you see me? <laughs> Tez was a dude that was doing great shit. was like, all right, yeah, I'll go home. I don't, nah, no, no pitch no talking. I'm gone. Right. So the fact that we got Cortez, a.k.a. Tez, on the show. I'm excited. So everybody give it up for you know, test.
2: I'm honored, man. I'm honored to be here. Yes.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so I've been asking you little questions off camera. So, you know, a big mm-hmm. thing here is where you're from. So let the people know where you're from.
2: Born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana.
0: All right, now. So what was it like growing up in Louisiana? What was the music scene? How did you even find a passion to even get where you are today? I mean,
2: um... Growing up, I mean, I grew up single parent. Mom had me when she was like 16, so we didn't have much growing mm-hmm. up. So the, the poor didn't have much. Living in the hood, the fifth Water of New Orleans, uh, first part of my life. Then I moved to New Orleans, east part of the second part of my life. Um, but probably the normal story of the What's the
0: difference between the two Oh well walks? so
2: the, f- the fifth water is like way worse than the East. At that <laughs> time, the East was like the place <laughs> when you get a little money, it's uh, like middle class black people. Oh, okay. But we found a good Section Eight house out there. <laughs> so we was able to my mom was able to get us out and move us into a mm, nice listen, Section Eight type house good. in a nice neighborhood. I went there, it was like culture shock, cause everybody was like just playing basketball on the park. And I was like, oh, nobody on the right. corner. Right. What? You know what I'm saying? Everything was just. It was totally taboo, but it was a blessing. So, you know, um, yeah, learned a lot, man. New Orleans, you got to grow up fast because you see so much. And I realized um, as I grew older and I traveled and got out of the city and uh, I realized the things that I saw wasn't normal for a kid Mm. to be seeing it growing up how it was growing up, you know. um, I realized that, uh, but it, it definitely Help me. I tell everybody all the time, if you could be born and raised in New Orleans in the conditions that I was raised in, I think you could survive anywhere in this world. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from the city usually always say that because, you know, I realized that coming out that we see so much, man, you know, we see so much death and dealing with so many things, like, you know, being independent on your own, knowing how to move, you know, so, yeah. Yeah,
1: college you, taught or, me that. You from New Orleans, bro. Yeah. New Orleans. You been New Orleans? New Orleans, too. You ever, you ever <laughs> been to New Orleans, Tamir?
0: Uh-huh. I, one time and they told me, don't get out the cab. They told me, like, go where you go <laughs> going, stay. Like, they were very, nah, 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 I it's, had it's me scared. Uh,
1: when, you, when I was on tour with certain cities where you went, they was like, everybody sit together. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I did? Everybody sit yeah. together. We eat together. And New Orleans was one of them cities where it was like, you know, you just start understanding, like, the culture that they don't play. Mm-hmm. By the way, I say to everybody, I'm like, New Orleans and Memphis don't get enough, of cre- get enough credit for how, Atlanta's music scene is what it is
2: 100 i think they should get it yeah de- de- yeah i definitely think i agree with that because i mean we created a genre of music and jazz and as you go through mississippi up the of the bible belt that's where the blues and it's mm-hmm. transcended more to memphis but you know i think northern mississippi that delta area memphis especially early on soul music and jazz mm-hmm. and soul created the rhythm and blues that we know today so mm-hmm. um I appreciated that more when I I had to leave outside of actually get in the music business and travel outside of the country to see how much people appreciated the city of New Orleans. Yeah, Because it was places, like, when I was in the French Quarter, I used to go to the French Quarter and literally beat on buckets and drums for money. You know Mm. what I'm saying? You see that kid beating on Mm -hmm. buckets for for money? I was was that kid because the quarters wasn't that far from uh, where I grew up at. So we used to go on, you know, hustling, trying to get money from the uh, tourists and stuff. But I never... Mm -hmm. Really appreciated the rich culture of music that we have. So when I go back now, um, especially in these these, this era of my life, I try to go to all the little bars. It's music everywhere. Any bar, club you go to, Frenchman Street, you know, it's music all around. So I appreciate it much more now. But that took me going to like Europe and Australia. And I was like, you from New Orleans? Like the music, the culture. I'm like. Telling me about places I had never been, and mind you, New Orleans is not that big. You can get to New Orleans in thirty minutes, <laughs> one side to really? another. Really? Yeah. No matter, it's not big at all. It had a million people, but the you could get there. I was mad at my mama growing up, like we moved to the east, and and my and going to the fifth wall. With my grandmothers, my grandparents still stayed. She's like, "Boy, that's too far. I don't feel like getting up, driving that far, eating up all my gas money." And realizing. <laughs> It's realizing today, it's 15 minutes away, <laughs> <while. laughs> I'm like, bro, living in these big-ass cities I'd have lived in? I'm like, man, really? I'd I be, I be messing with you. I'm like used to get mad at me, cuss me out when I be trying to go catch yeah. the bus and yeah. try to get to my grandma's house because she didn't to wake up and bring me in literally mm-hmm. 15 minutes, bro. <laughs> exactly. That's and crazy. We thought it was far, though, like the east and Down. It feel
1: time. big. When you're a kid, but yeah. when you're a kid, everything feels mm-hmm. big. Yeah. Grandma's house feel, feels like, grandma house feel big. Everything feels like. Grandma's
2: house feels big. Everything feels
1: big. It's like you a kid. The world okay. just feels like yeah. huge. You So I get that. I see
2: that. 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, so we spoke a little bit. You said that you went to Jackson State. Yes. And you majored in mass comm. Yes. And you almost ended up over at CNN, but then you got a phone call. So where were you at? What were you doing? Tell me about. The phone call? I want to know. Okay, so, so I'll be clear with the people. Um, So he went to college, majored in mass communication, um, was getting ready to go work at CNN, and then little Wayne called to him and was yes. pretty much like, cursing and then you coming over here so what were you doing what was that conversation like and what made you say i'm gonna go that direction um
2: so um i was where was it? i was i was getting ready to graduate um this was like high school H- no college. college okay i'm at jackson state university so this is um uh, 2003 fall um maybe like october november sometime um I get a phone call from um, Wayne, who, Wayne was my best friend, so I, we met in, Wayne was 11, I think I was 14, so we've been almost 30 years now, 29 years friends. That's crazy. So, no, no, I No, no, what y'all meet? I want to know y'all, I want to know the story. Oh, How we y'all met, mean? so we met at, we, there's a secondary school, 7th to 12th grade school called McMain in New Orleans. It was a Mac Mac Oh, y'all Man. was bad. Like, Mac Mac. like, like, like Mac, 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 Mac was there too. Oh, wow. <laughs> so me, Mac, Currency, Cur- <laughs> and Wayne all went to school together. That's crazy. That's yeah, we crazy. always at McMahon together. Yes, wow. Yeah, so we was always in the hospital. Gotta step it up. So it was one of the best <laughs> public schools in the city. so you yeah. had to take a test to go to a magnet school. So yeah. you had to take a test to get in there. And you had to maintain a certain yeah. GPA to to stay in there. So you know, so it was. Uh, Y'all was smart kids, baby. Yeah, we were smart. Hey. Oh wow, we were smart. We were from the hood, but we were smart. We was gotcha. hood kids. We was hood. It was hood smart kids. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So shout out um, to the hood smart kids. So the crazy thing is. Um, so we went that way, and mind you, <laughs> seven and twelve, we met Wayne. Wayne was there. It so happened Wayne was um, we had th- we had like the, the seven to eighth graders had a lunch and then the ninth to 12th graders yeah. had lunch, right? So Wayne was in this drama class. It so happened to shift his lunch period to be on, on our lunch period as upperclassmen. Mm. So he was in there picking his head, always walking with a chick, you know what I'm saying, clean. <laughs> I'm like, hey, the niggas walking in my school trying to <laughs> i'm like come here like, you know we got yeah, yeah. and he was on our lunch <laughs> yeah and, you know so we got tight and cool like that and then um and then he uh he shot himself that same year uh it's the seventh grade year so, like soon as when school starts so when he ended up coming back it was a big thing mind you because this is a fucking mad, It's me it's mixed now <laughs> yeah it's like 50 50 white and black oh wow so that traumatized all the white kids mm. that was there it's a big thing. Yeah. Kids shoot himself in McMaine, yeah. Like he shot himself in school. No, no, it was at, at his home. House. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, um, so when he came back, this is how we got tighter. So when he came back, his mom blamed because he was watching a Biggie video, <laughs> emulating the video, and you know that's when the guard went off. So his mom, he was already <laughs> trying to be a rapper at that point, right? At eleven. At eleven. He was the only one in school in this whole school. Mind you, how popular rap This, is today. Is, this,
1: this ain't when pop, this ain't when rap that is the thing. Thing. It's like, he's like the, the yeah. only person yeah.
2: in the entire school walking in the hall, beating on his chest, rapping lyrics. The only one. He's he's been knowing. I remember his first rap. He, he showed me like this was one of my first rap. It was about fast food restaurants, and he was killing like about fast food. Right. So, his mom was like. Took him away because she was like, you're not about to do this rap shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is a bad influence. And took him away from it. So he was trying to figure out a way to get into extracurricular activities around the school. So, so I asked you a question. So is Baby and Slim around at this time? Yes, He had just met them that same year. When he was 11? When he was 11. Wow. He had just met them. When he was 11. DJ Khaled was working at the uh, radio store, Odyssey. He was the DJ. In there. Miami? In, in New Orleans. In New Orleans, yeah. What? So so it was a meeting. Cash Money had it. Because Cash Money was huge locally. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you talk about what music we was listening to in New Orleans, like, we didn't really listen to a lot outside because we had this labels called Cash Money and Big Boy. Big Boy probably had Mr. Cool, y'all familiar with. Yeah, of course. Who kind of made it out. Uh, but Partners of Crime, they had another. But they were like the main, mainstream labels in the city. Like, they were, like, huge to us. So Cash Money had, like, an album signing party, and a dude from Wayne Hood named Lil Slim invited him out to rap for Baby, right? And at Odyssey Records, Khaled was the literally working for the store and was the in-house DJ, and that's when Wayne got Baby's beeper number and and literally started blowing him up, blowing him up, rapping so, for so, him on So, his uh, beeper. so
1: is at this time is – because the way I got introduced to Cash Money, I've been bumping Cash Money since I think 95, was – BG, it's all on you, Volume 2.
2: Way before that.
1: Okay, that's before that. Because yes. cause Wayne well, was like 12, 13 when that happened. Cause
2: this is 93. It's like 93. Okay, cool. 93. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's 95. It's 95. It's that year. No, it's that year. All on, Volume 2 like, came out a year or two after that.
1: Yeah, because Cash Money, like BG was the star of Cash yeah, Money at the, the time. Yeah, was the star, like, yes. You grew up listening. If you knew Cash Money... You knew cash money because BG was a star. Yeah. And then Wayne and Turk and those all they came and the Juvenile obviously became a big star. But when yeah. they came 95, 96, like Wayne yeah. was 14 in 98, right? Yeah. What, what, what,
2: 98. How old was I? I was I was 18. He had to been, was three, fifteen. Yeah, because yeah, loud yeah. pipes, big rims, nigga. Like yeah, he yeah, was cause he said he was yeah. 14 on yeah, that song. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. 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 Crazy. So, yeah, so um, yeah, he met Baby at that point, was blowing him up. So he was new he knew them at the time and was thinking his rap career was about to pop off because He wasn't right. <laughs> <like>, he, <wasn't laughs> <wrong. laughs> he wasn't wrong. He wasn't right? wrong at all. But he was on the same. you know, but um, yeah, so that happened. His mom took him out, you know, it's so like you can't rap anymore. And um and at around the same time two things happened while well, we got while well, our I think got real tight. Um, they ended up moving to the east. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so this, I told you, this, yeah. is, this is when moving <laughs> on up. Yeah. Black middle class. So him and his his pop, well, his step pop, but he called it, he he uh, he uh referred to him as Pop Rabbit and his mom, they moved down the east. So two things happened. I was still in school I used to catch the bus. To, I had to catch the bus to school to the east. Mm-hmm. So he used to catch the bus home, my so first his mama took him out, so he had to get it to anything I was getting into. <laughs> so at that time, I was like, Boy, I had ran I had fucking ran track, played football try basketball like, all these different sports. I was, like, bored. And me and my guy, we just started the marching band. Because marching band, like, sport, down south in yeah. New Orleans, especially. Yeah. Right? So we started a marching band in my high school. So he joined the band. Yeah. So Wayne joined the band. Was <laughs> on the drum been, line. On, what yeah. instrument was you playing? What Ishmael was he playing? Well, we both played cymbals in the band. Like, there's pictures out there somewhere. <laughs> but he joined the band. And he'll catch the bus home with me. So we outbond. Got tight, but he never won. He was just doing that to do something. Yeah, He'd come by my house and his mama pick him up later when she get off of work and shit. But we became tight, and I introduced him to you know. So he started hanging out with all my friends who was around the park. Yeah, he came squad up our friends. That's a whole another story. But um, but that's how our bond got tight. So um. And mind you, Mac, man, Currency, all yeah. in there. That's we crazy. All, we all in school together. Currency was not a rapper though. Currency that's crazy. Was a, the kid would wear, always fly and ahead of the game in fashion. Mm. Used to be like, man, what does he got on? What he on? <laughs> that dude isn't, what do you have on, right? And Mac, too, Mac was just a hooper. Yeah. And Mac just played basketball all the time. That's so crazy. So none of them, nobody was rapping but Wayne at the time. Crazy enough. But um, that's how our bond got tight. And what I did once I the band shit I got real good at it really fast and got and fell in love with it you know and got a scholarship to Jackson State I'm marching the Sonic Boom in the South uh, marching the marching man got a scholarship so,
1: so so you got a scholarship and by this time Cash Money is kind of taking off
2: they're not there yet this is '97 okay so why but I they was they but you I, but no they're they still they they going cause no nigga yeah. you
1: thought because you thought they was rich as fuck they yes. were by them the them way on. Cash Money was talking being rich shit yes <laughs> like.
2: Had a helicopter, I got an expedition. I got a car.
1: Yeah, yeah, they and, they, and, was, and, they and, was talking big money shit when it was like before Universal came. They yeah. was they was like because yeah. it was like, it almost felt like they knew they was in No Limit Shadow, mm. and yeah. they was like y'all soldiers. We gonna be popping that rich. You know the crazy yeah, thing shit. about
2: No Limit. Nobody in New Orleans knew about No Limit. They was what? Pete oh. didn't pop off in New Orleans. He popped, popped off, off on, on, on the, the bay. Coast. Yeah. So New Orleans, like when I went to college, because he came in '97, right? And I think he got a, got, a, got a got a lot of love from New Orleans because I mean he had the connection, yeah, for know, sure. Roots based off of you know you could check and see you're really from the city, right? But it didn't pop all like Cash Money and Big Boy was the biggest labels. It, 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 which which label had Dragon from the River? UNLV. and That's U L V. Yeah, that's Cash Money. Because the first, Manifest- Manif- yeah. So that was Cash Money before B G pop. Uh, ULB UNLV was the biggest. And they group. W- they had a
1: song called Dragon from the River that was dissing Mystical. mystical. Yeah. So yeah. you got to remember, Mystical is like, I grew you know, I, I'm I'm in Atlanta. We, it, we either going to listen to Booty Shake music or we going to listen to New Orleans street music in yeah. and, and Tennessee. Street drag street You music? from the River? Drag Dragon from, from the, the river. river. Oh, that sounded like beef. And, and, and that, that like was
2: beef. on the opposite label that was hot, uh, uh, Big Boy. River. So yep. that, was the, that was the beef. So, you know, when P came, I had got to, I had just went to Jack State. Everybody knew about but Mississippi, they loved their Master P. I was like, bro, I don't even know this dude. This dude, He's from New not, Orleans. This dude, yeah, no, nobody knew. him. So nobody, Calio Projects, nobody knew him, bro. No, like his music was not playing in the city until it
1: hit big. So hold on, so you mean tell me y'all wasn't playing "Bounce That Ass"
2: because that it, was like that when was it like came like out like 98? ninety
1: ninety five. "Bounce That Ass" was like ninety.
2: I remember I just got my license and it was like ninety five, ninety six. Not before that. Like, 97, when he first kind of hit, like, national, like, about it, about it, Mm. Uh, that's when, you know, everybody was like, I think the city embraced P a lot because he was nation shit. We had nothing outside the city. Exactly. I say that's ours, right? Exactly. On a nationwide level, so. But it wasn't like that growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cash Money that was the biggest crazy. shit growing up. In so they always country. had the city. They always had the city. Shout out to Baby they Slim. They always had Shout out to Baby Slim. That's amazing, Slim. bro. Yes, they always had it, bro. So um, so I went off on my journey to Jackson State in Wayne, you know, 99. when is when Wayne put out his first, first block album. Is nine, block Is Hot. Block Is Hot 99. Mm-hmm. Back That Ass Up came out. June now, that 400 Life Degrees changing. came out. Changed the entire game. That's when they signed the Universal Just Everything changed. Everything changed. Everything changed. Wayne yes. was like, oh, you want to, uh, you want to, P- this PT Cruise? I was driving PT Cruise. I yeah, was yeah, driving. That was a, everybody I had, a had a cars. It was cars, cars, cars. <laughs> was yeah. me. I, I was mind. like, oh shit, college, I was balling out of Jackson State. <laughs> what are you talking about? So everything changed. But to get to your point, as we long winded, along that journey, I did take a, a, a couple, when they did get hot, they went on a couple big tours, Nellyville tour and the Cash Money Rough Riders tour. I sat out. I took out a couple of semesters just to see if I fit in. Mm, and that's I was smart. just like So how does that phone call come? Cuz you because you 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 18. It's not like you yeah, like a businessman. man. that, that was like yo, we going on the road, public public Pope. Yeah, oh. uh, Wayne call me Pope. That's what I Pope, Rich Porter like yeah. that story. But um but um,
0: Oh wait, I heard that. I heard Rich Porter. I, po. nah,
1: I like that. So T- they call you said, "Pope, we need you
2: come on the road." He's like, you like, "Pope, you okay. want call you Let's want Oh my bad right here yeah it was like po you want to come uh you know we going i'm going on a. am going on a tour you know what i'm saying baby said i could bring two people you want to come on a, come on the wow. road and i'm like uh yeah shit I, you know what you want to I'm to say what's your mom uh, saying like, you are you right about-
0: like what did your mother say or parents?
2: I don't even know my mom even knew this. Oh she might not. <laughs> you just left. She might have thought I was still in Jackson. She might have thought I still was in Jackson. She might not even know. Oh, you
0: are out of control. I don't think
2: she knew. Ooh. Nah, she didn't know at all.
0: Were you scared to take that risk? Huh? Were you scared to take <laughs> that risk?
2: Nah, I was just living. He's going with like, his friend. Yeah, driving, yeah. They driving fancy cars. What are you talking about? Who's
0: I'm my, leaving. Like, I, my mother, if man, I leave college. Man, nigga's
1: turned. My me, mother Okay, was, let me say oh something from his perspective. Man. Everybody in college. Everybody I know in college, I know one friend who's on a nationwide tour. <laughs> women, that. cars,
2: money, games. I'll talk to we y'all never sorry, later. I had never seen nothing outside of New Orleans and Mississippi mm. where I was. You know what I'm saying? Besides yeah. the school, the tr- place I was traveling with the Marchman, I had never been anywhere. Mm-hmm. We had never, I had never flew on an airplane, nothing like that. <laughs> we out of at, at that time. No so Disney I was World. like, I was, I'm about to go see, no, no Disney World. Did I you think that, you was going
1: back yeah. to school? You was like, I'm going to go see the tour, then I'm going to go back to school.
2: I didn't know. But once I got on it, you know, um, I went back to school. Then Nelly tour came. That was the second one. I went back out. Then I was just like, then I finally was just like, uh, you know, just trying to win. It was like, come on. I was like, I don't even see. Because I wasn't looking at it as a business at that time. Yeah. I was literally just hanging out, with just helping him carry his yeah. bags and stuff like that, packing up his bags yeah. and stuff and being like his assistant basically yeah. on the road. And I was like, uh, I told him, I was like, you know what? This for you. I'm glad. I'm happy you you finally, you know, your dreams is coming through. I'm going to go back and no. and go to school. Seriously. And, but the crazy thing is I tell this high school story. I think um, <clears throat> I was telling this somebody yesterday, I was like, um, when Wayne was the only one rapping in school, I used to tell him, like, yo, that's not taking us nowhere, bro. We got <laughs> to I, like, I was like. We got some other plans. I was plans. like. I like <laughs> I plan. We gotta hustle these books. We had this magnet school, and he throw that shit in my face to this day. I said, I probably probably never go away. He's like, see, he you that shit told to me, that yeah. this shit mm-hmm. was gonna take like, you See it now away. you working
1: for me? Yeah, okay? I'm like,
2: <laughs> nigga, we in Africa right now because Yeah,
1: well, it was, of this yeah exactly. see, I'm
2: like, I'm like, dog, that rap shit cool. You you nice. You cold. I'm like, but because at that point, we, I didn't see <laughs> the business out of it. We you know this early night. It was like nobody was popping in New Orleans at all outside of being local. So. I'm like the best situation I saw with these fucking black doctors and lawyers, and engineers exactly. coming back to our school, and we yeah. seeing. Uh, I'm seeing a person from my hood that's went the bu- this, the college route, that's that's making. I was like, that's what we got to do. We got to hustle mm-hmm. these books and get out of here. He never had that. <laughs> he never had that. always <laughs> education. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's the way we got to go. Like, <laughs> this is gonna, get us, this out gonna get us out of the city and, and get us some that's money, crazy, and man. really gonna get us some real money. So, so yeah, so. Jumping fast forward,
1: who, but what, like one, who was the second person? He said, "I take two people on tour." He brought you who was and who the other person? And my homie I don't know, Mario. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, Mac
2: Main didn't go. It wasn't no Mac. wasn't uh, Mac wasn't even around at that point. For us, like around us, yeah. our crew. That yeah. came, that came when we start. Mac and <laughs> Wayne grew up in the same neighborhood, highly gross. They knew each other from way way back, right? Mm-hmm. Before I knew, yeah. before I knew Wayne, Mac and Wayne knew each other because they they used to stay down the block from each other, sure. right? But Max started coming around us when the first iteration of Young Money was created. Because
1: mm, I was, was going to ask you. So, what I was going to say is, how, do you, how are you there? So, you're 18, 19. Your best friend is 15, 16. Y'all making money. It's fun. I'm pretty sure you probably got the most amazing stories. Oh, yeah. We like got just the, just the amazing <laughs> stories. College <is> <laughs> The smile says it all. The but then, sponge. but then, how, how do you... What, so, So, like, obviously... I think Wayne is the is the is the the example. I would say Wayne and Jay Z are probably the two examples more than anybody of a twenty year plus career. That wasn't even possible. Yeah. Like the the rap careers was five, six years back then. Yeah. So when did you get to the point where you was like you got involved in the business and when did you get to the point where you like, all right, this is what we gotta do?
2: Uh when I first when I first jumped in, after that first phone call happened, you know, I prayed on it. That's the why, to get back to you. I know I knew it came right back to you. Mm-hmm. But right after, I prayed on it. Got my my calling was to say, protect your best friend. Mm-hmm. I said, you got to go That's and protect your best mm-hmm. friend. So That's I didn't, actually amazing. I didn't know it. So I, I, I was like, forget about this job offer I had from CNN. And I was like, I'm going to go out there and just look out for him and figure it out. But one thing I did take, when I to answer your question, was um, what I understood was when I started paying, I started studying it now. You know, studying the business as much as I could, um, reading up on it. And I understood that um, the career span was five to seven years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Seven like,
1: good, Seven was a great yeah, career. Yeah, you
2: get seven, you're fucking amazing, yeah. right? So, so the first thing I told Wayne, I was like, listen, um, one thing I took, because I only had, I only could lean on my growing up in New Orleans and my time at Jackson State to kind of pour into this next journey I was doing in the music business. So I was like, um, one thing I understand is Wayne, you know, careers five to seven years at this time, he was already four or five in. This was 98. <coughs> this is 04 when I started. So.
1: he about five years in. Cause yeah, he now dropped 98
2: 90, and, he dropped 99. and he dropped 99. So yeah. So it was already almost yeah. five minutes. So I was like, listen, the one thing that we got to do is, um, is, um, Build your brand, because careers last, I I kept it real, five to seven years, even though I see this, you know, what you're going to do, you know, what you could be, what I believe and what you could believe there is this reality about the music business. And I was like, we have to find a way to build a brand for two for a couple reasons. One If you decide to say, hey, you know, uh, I'm ready to hang this up. I don't want to do this anymore. You have something to stand on that you can make money off of. Or secondly, Lord forbid, you lose your voice or something. Mm. something happens, we have to have something to stand on, right? So I was like, we have to focus on outside of the music. I have to build this brand. The first thing under Mm. the brand umbrella that we understood, we thought about Young Money from fucking high school. That name, wow. it was like, oh, Cash Money, the biggest thing. We gonna create a label called Young Money. Wow, you know what I'm saying? no so, way. So, so I was like, that's the first thing we knew. You know what I'm saying? That's so crazy. So that's the first thing we knew was to build. Okay, I was like, the first piece we are gonna do. Let's create a label. This, this label. So, so you
1: what's what the saying? next step? See, because like a lot of people, young managers watch this, and y'all are literally the example of like no bullshit greatness. Yeah. Like. But I'm literally listening to you, and you're like 23, 24, talking about a brand. Yeah. Wait, and hold establishing on. That. who the go- fuck thinks like that? You feel me?
0: Wait, yeah. I got a question before we go cause we we move when you said that you got you got a kind of calling to go protect your best friend. What did protection look like? Then what was what did you feel like you had to do? So what are you protecting him from? What was your job?
2: It was just being there. You know, that's all I, I, that I, 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 trust. I didn't know that what it was. It was just make sure I was present. It's big bro shit. Yeah. It's like, mm. it's like, that's yeah. my little bro. I'm here for you. Younger. I'm here for you. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's not even that. It's like you got, so you got to look at it from this standpoint. Like obviously time is told, but BG was the original star. Yes. Juvenile was the breakout star. Yes. Mm. Wayne was the baby. Him and Turk yes. were the baby. So yeah. you got to look at it like it, There's no guarantee That Wayne is going to, I mean, no disrespect to Juvia and BG, but look what happened. to Look at how fast they fell off that cliff. Meanwhile, Wayne had this point in time where, and I always say it's like girls around your age, I don't know what it is, but if you talk to a girl around 35, like 28 to like 35, like they are obsessed. It was something that y'all did in that little 2004 era where he started doing squad up mixtapes and rapping that was like, Y'all, became, it was like y'all was the goat that demanded that his oh, base yeah. made him the goat.
2: The squad up mixtape came when was that? When I was at Jackson State too. That was really a precursor to that. Actually, I forgot about that.
1: Cause that, cause you know, and another yeah. thing. I'm sorry. I like, I like. I'm really a fan of this shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, especially this era. Juvenile and BG wasn't known for being rappers. Like they could rap. Yeah. But Lil Wayne was kind of like it's like being under Juvenile who's saying dope shit, but he wasn't like. Yeah. LMC. I don't think yeah. Juvenile is anybody's Got top Metapool, 10 He yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Wasn't play, he wasn't play, that kind of a rapper. Play, he yeah. was a great song maker. Back yeah. that ass yeah. up, you know what I'm saying? Like, make hits, like was a good but story. Juvenile, you don't know we on fire like he was doing that. So, Wayne had to eventually
2: establish himself as an MC. And the crazy thing is he was only he was only when you brought up Squad Up mixtapes, he was only able to do that. Squad up tapes because in mind you nobody had ever had put out a mixtape in New Orleans before Squad up mixtapes yeah. ever mm-hmm. we had no that that didn't even that 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 didn't even exist yeah before uh, the Squad up series but what it was when when Wayne was with Cash Money he had to this is how I used to look going to the studio we used to go to the studio mania have a beat they have a subject uh, the hook would be a have mm. a subject that you had to rap about he had to plug and play a rap about whatever those songs were oh wow so. He had no freedom, so so while people gravitated toward, it, especially up north, and it, how how it transcended with those mixtapes mm-hmm. in that era, um, why people gravitated toward because he was able. That's when he was able to be the MC he wanted to be. I'm about to
1: say because it wasn't that he wasn't what they was known for. He discovered
2: Jay Z. So I remember the last time he stopped writing. He did this uh, freestyle called 10,000 Bars. He was like, shit, Jay not writing. I ain't going to write no more. So he, we did this one. He had this composition book with all his raps, and he had this damn That's crazy. freestyle. He had it DJ Ross, was playing beat for beat, and he was just was ripping them all. You can hear this out there somewhere on YouTube. He ripping it all, ripping it all, oh, and man. he became the lyricist. That's when he was becoming the lyricist that he was, that you're talking about.
1: That's when he established himself as that. Like yeah. People don't understand that shit. That's why I give y'all so much props because – He wasn't, he was more like, Cash Money was more like, like, it was like flashy. Yep. Nigga, like, he said some dope shit, but when he went in that era of rapping, you know, for me, I'm like, Wayne is a couple years younger than me, so I'm like, you know, I just know him as a kid, so when he went to that era and I'm seeing people, girls, you know, you trying to get at bitches, and they're like, man, Wayne, Wayne is the, I'm like, Wayne? That nigga really had to reestablish himself and set it off. So, I agree because when to y'all. I
0: wasn't looking, I remember him sitting in like some chair and he was like, "I'm the king of rap," and I was like, "Who? What is he talking about? Like, what oh, king yeah. of rap
2: are you?" That's what when he so
0: said best, that. That's what it was. I, and he, I Stood swear to it. God, he changed how I look at things. I really feel like Lil Wayne started that. If I say it, y'all gonna believe. What I say what yeah. I am and. And everybody started saying out of nowhere he was the best rapper. I'm like, yeah. he was no, no.
1: Yeah. Everybody, everybody at a certain age group and under, because he fed them. That's what I'm yeah. telling you. Like,
0: yeah. listen, I listen to every all the like Jay no Z ceilings, had, to, Jay-Z actually had to actually
1: had to acknowledge him. Like, hold yeah. on, oh, this nigga. Is, he had to. Yeah, oh, he forced, he it was like a groundswell coming mm-hmm. up where it's like, you know, like people are, yeah. were obsessed with what y'all were doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you are saying that? So now you're like, we're gonna establish a brand. So now it's like, Young Money, we got the label.
2: What's next? Um, what's how did y'all
0: pick who y'all put on Young Money? Well, the
2: first that's when Mac Man and Currency came about. So he got to be my friends. It got it, it was got to be the homies. So it was Mac Man Currency, that first iteration of of the label at that point was that's when we went grab Mac because Mac was 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 uh Mac was running around with Slim because Mac knew Slim really well, so he was around. But he was more on the Cash Money side, you know. what I'm saying I say that because Cash Money Young Money definitely was. It was different. Yeah, it oh, different, I get, yeah, I get yeah, it yeah, yeah. But uh, so <laughs> Mac was uh, over there. I mean, was over over there. Was running around with with Slim a lot. He was friend real cool with Slim. And Wayne was like, "Shit, we could put Mac Mac my Child, You from Hollygrove? Bring him on." And Currency was had did his stint with No Limit um, through his. Uh, Mr. Marcello, which was his cousin or uncle, one of some somebody related with P sign. So he was running around doing some stuff with P but I think they was phasing out or something like that or something happened and currency was a free agent. So that was the first iteration of it. So y-
1: so 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 y'all didn't originally start Young Money under cash money.
2: No, they there was it was under cash money Got the you. whole time. It was under cash money the whole time. But that was that's who kinda that that. that Labor wise, it was yeah. all safe. As far as how it was running, how it was moving, how it was moving, I was running. I was running the whole young money. business of young money. So the, the entire time.
1: So so what year is this?
2: This is '05.
1: So this is still Squad Up is still the main artist on Young Money. S-
2: Squad Up is gone. Okay, they left right before I came. A lot of the guys, some of them came back, like Streets and Gutter. They started with Squad Up. They was gone for a minute, can't end up coming back later on. Uh, so so you guys go so it's
1: like Young Money is the label Mac main and Tez are running it Wayne is the is the artist and are y'all like we gonna sign artists? Mac is the artist I'm the only so I'm Mac's running. an artist wow. yeah I'm running everything oh, it's just wow. me
2: I was the DJ the assistant the security and <laughs> running the damn label I did everything it was, it was me <laughs> no it was me it was me and him we were just yeah Mac was an artist so <laughs>
1: Mac's an artist on Young Max Money an artist. and currency's the artist on Young Money yes.
2: Okay, hey, cool. artists on young money. So I yeah. knew
1: currency was I knew currency, but I didn't know Mac. I thought Mac always kind of came in on the business side.
2: Nah, Mac came on the business side like later, later. Like post Drake and Nicki, like that iteration coming, like, you know, cause so, Mac was on every girl in the world. And, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So he still was an artist. He shifted like way when later. When shit started on. really going crazy. Well, he he just he wanted to take a bigger role and helping out as we were growing. You know what I'm saying? So Mac Wayne was like, Yeah, Yo, you could be the president of Lady Watch. It. Tears like CEO and yeah. run, you know, and you yeah. can help tears out with all the artists and, uh, you know. So you are running Young Money?
1: Yes. First, and the first article y'all signed is Mac Main and Currency. Right. Okay. Cool. So they are on Cash Money too.
2: Yes, it's they Young Money, Cash Man. Money. They so got it's, no a, it's a joint label. So yeah. so yeah, yeah. So so yes. So it was linked on paper by the label. Did
1: you ever see Young Money when y'all started? Did you think it would produce what it produced?
2: Um. I wasn't sure.
1: And I want to know one more, one more question. I wanna know no, I didn't know. You when know did what? you realize, like, you know, like, it's, it's dope, because I, I love that, because Teron is my best friend, and it's that moment where you look at your best friend, and you're like, oh, this nigga's different. Like, oh, mm. we we yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. When did you realize that for Wayne? When you was like, "Oh, we good."
2: I mean, I knew he was different from when he rapped that rap about fast foods when he was when we was freaking. But you still said we ain't going over. No so I just didn't think it was gonna get us out the <laughs> out the hood yeah. and, and take us to where it took us. You know what I'm saying? But I knew he was different from that point on. You know, I knew his talent. Um,
1: when did you know that? We ain't got to go ha- go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't, oh, ain't got to go be doctors. When did you know we're going to be making music money for the rest of our I life? I think
2: um, when I understood, when I finally figured out touring, and I got out the Chitlin circuit and went to the hard-ticket markets, and I saw that, you know, the crowd changed. The crowd. Yeah. I saw the 70%, 75% white folks in the building. So, I so, was
1: can, like, so if somebody doesn't know the difference between. Okay. Them, I was going to ask Can you that. break that down? Yeah,
2: so... Um,
1: Wait, can
0: you say the terms again? Just one hard, one. Uh, Chitlin'
2: circuit and hard tickets and touring. It's like t- touring terminology. Chitlin? Sh- doing shows, concerts. That's what all black. Chitlin back circuits. in the
1: sixties and seventies, that's what all the black artists had to tour because it's they the weren't allowed in they co- the. They weren't allowed. They the weren't allowed in the white so venues. It's
0: Chitlin' like Chitlin' Chitlin'. Like Chitlin. Yeah, okay.
1: like Chitlin' circuit. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's called. But I'll yeah, move. so
2: they could be like juke joints, <laughs> backstage, You know, so yeah. but it's like the club scenes, like playing clubs and things like that. And a lot of us get into, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of artists. I don't pay bag money. A okay. lot of get, I was just about to say, a lot of artists get into the chasing the bag and, you know, and getting nice. the bag money. But um, as as I learned, especially when I started meeting my partners along this journey, who I'm still with to- today, Sean G, um, we started figuring out touring. You know what I'm saying? G Robinson, my partner I met three years in. You know, he had Kanye, I had Wayne. We came brought our companies together mm-hmm. at that point, three years in. So... I started learning a lot and I had to realize that, you know, even though we was making like and, and I can compare. So it's like the normal nightclubs you go to just doing shows in a club or something like that, not at uh Roxy or a Fox right. Theater. Or anything like that, so that's the difference between like the Chitlin Circuit and like real venues where you playing tickets. Where you gonna see white folks at for the people that yeah, yeah. that's in there? Yeah, where well, they, right. they feel comfortable like to real go. Stuff, they right. not gonna. They might not go to compound to see it's the right. show. It's insured. It's insured. Right. Right. It's, yes. yes. it's the doorman. Yes, it's a business. It's a start time. It's an end time. And yes. though, and, and hard tickets. Yes. We say that because they they get really calculated and mm. and uh, uh, counted. And and the analytics just people start paying attention and promoters look at that to see if they by, by the way, by the
1: way, the back of what he's saying, there are artists right now who are huge that still can't, can't reach tickets. that level. Yes. Can't, selling can't tickets it. is like the moment where it's like you can okay. bring it like that's you can talk for the rest of your and
2: life. And yeah, and the strategy and this is you could tour. and I had to learn that and I had to have a car, hard conversation with Wayne, like, yo, cause we making like fifty, fifty thousand to seventy five thousand. This is probably Right after, Go DJ's out, so it's Carter One. I started, Carter One was the first album I put out, uh, Other manager. so that's when I started. So, um, so Go DJ, all that's out, and we running, you know, um, and, and, um, and I was just like, you know, I learned, I was like, yo, um, so Wayne, I was like, yeah, we make it 50, 75 a night. I was like, we're going to have to switch it in order for me to, for us to grow you know, for me to help you grow to, like, this arena-level star, we're going to have to switch this up and get sell these, what, what I didn't know. I was just these hard tickets and go into venues. I was like, we got to go to venues where the white people come see you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So literally what I told him, and I was like, but that's going to take a sacrifice. So I was like, you know, it's going to be, uh, and what we did, the first thing we did was we went on, uh, Chris. we opened up with Chris Brown and Neo and I think Franchise Boys before us too. So he was like the second slot. I think it was like Dipset, Wayne, Franchise Boys, or Flip Neo with their Chris Brown. Up close and personal tour. It's like Chris' first big yeah. tour, but Wayne, mind you, he had two platinum albums yeah. out. Fifteen minutes
1: was, was give me that out by the, give me that was on the first album. Yeah, mm-hmm. Give me give the, me that yep, give me that. Out. Yeah, so he so that they was, did that this song connection. together. Yeah. So
2: he used to keep come back out and do that with Chris. You know, so but it was ten grand. <coughs> 7,500 to 10 grand a night. And you got to cover everything. From 50,000 to, yes, and we still have to cover everything. You got to
1: cover everything. That's the difference.
2: Yeah.
0: Like you got to pay for the whole game?
2: Yeah.
1: Like, 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 literally bus, you have to pay the hotels. tour bus, hotels, so wait, management.
0: 10,000 has to cover your yes.
1: 10,000 a night is your budget. No. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to ride in a minivan and that's how you want to be cheap and save money, that's cool. If you want to be comfortable being on a tour bus, yes. But you, the artist doesn't get paid until every bill item line is covered. Yes. And a lot of the times not to, I'm just saying I know when we went on tour I made more money than my group did. Yes. Because because they had to pay all the expenses and management oh. got paid gross. Yes. Net. So you don't get paid net. So, you know, he gets net. So That's crazy.
2: Yeah, but. so, you know, we had to uh sacrifice <laughs> and take that step backwards. You know, he trusted me, he trusted what I said and it was like, "All right, that's what we got to do to get there, you know. That's amazing, um, by the way. That, that you, you
1: can't you can't skip a lo- along that. Yeah. Not yeah. for real, okay. because you went from telling your artists, <laughs> we're making 75 a night. We ain't got no responsibility, by the way. We just pulling up. Pulling up. Making money, leaving, to now we're going to make 10000 a night before cost. Yep. Artists, that's, you know how hard that is? It's like, what,
0: motherfucker? because yep. if it don't go the, right, you out. Don't like mean, if it yeah. go yeah. go right, it's
1: like you can never say nothing again. But
0: why wouldn't the label cover the cost? Why would they? Because I'm out here. Pro- Y'all get all the money.
2: So sometimes they do. To get no, no I'm saying, but support, like at the, at, but where at, he's point, at right now, yeah, they're didn't. not gonna
1: offset his cost. It wasn't. Put like this. Yeah. If yeah, when DJ, no, me and out. All of no, stuff his, out. No, no, you missing it. Hit. It's not. You make at it wrong. It's not about what they. It's about. It's not about what he was worth in this world of brown paper bag money. It's what you're worth in this world of hard tickets mm-hmm. so like there, so it's like it's a difference it's like you got to build your touring business i can name acts right now that you've never heard of that are getting a hundred thousand dollars a night because that's the way they, they have built a touring business they yeah. they ain't go because when you when they putting tours together they trying to figure out okay we know our guys gonna bring in this many seats we're gonna yep. call ted's because we know and they don't know how many guys seats this guy gonna bring in. so yep. it's like it's a risk
2: yep and uh, by the end of that tour, they ended up switching the spots. We ended up going right before Neo. Like, French, I I, can't, I think it was Dipset that was after us. It was like, nah, we're not following Wayne no more. So they was like, <laughs> you want to get this spot? Because he was <laughs> like, that 15 minutes, we were just hitting them. We had record after record after record. Shit. <laughs> he was killing it. <laughs> and that's what he said. He was like, I'm going to give them the hardest 15 minutes. They going to wish they would have uh, <laughs> booked me, Christ. put me in another bill. So he went with that attitude. Then he'll come out, do give me that uh, with Chris at the at the end. And Joel's, I think, was doing Run it. So it was that album, yeah. right? So they'll come back out at the end. So we was getting a big look because it wasn't that many people when it, in the early slots. But we'll come back out, and you know that audience started, loving. you know, loving him. And and after that, I started getting different type of calls, different type of conversations. And what I also was doing to go back to your fir- the first part of your question and building his brand was I was trying to um, figure out how to expand his brand outside of music so skater boy like no not even not not that far now I'm just talking wow. about just deals, endorsement deals or what have you. And it was a it was such a challenge early on because at this point, you know, the world didn't look at hip hop as what it is now, as yeah. being marketable. Yeah. And especially on the corporate side, they didn't understand the magnitude of what hip hop was gonna be. I saw that by looking at the audiences and understanding the audiences that was coming out every night mm-hmm. and then Leaning back to my advertising class that I had at Jackson State, understanding how these corporate companies look at their consumer from a very young age and try to make them loyal buyers throughout the entire brand's history, right So I started paying attention to all those things and uh tell a story a lot and um I tell the story a lot, but you know, I went to a couple of those rooms and mind you, I'm young as far, I probably look way younger than what I was i'm probably like twenty five twenty five twenty six if that and uh, you have
1: the, per- and you also have the perception of being one of Ray- one of Wayne's posse. Yes. How so I have America that perception. Right. So I'm he has to prove young. that he's not that. So okay. I'm
2: looking, young, so I'm going to these meetings, and they wasn't taking me serious. serious you know, what I'm saying they weren't taking take. It. Then I'm trying to sell a guy with tats in his face, right. grill, a fucking diamond grill, and rap it about what he rap about, right? So, you know, I was getting in some of the doors, but you know what? So I had so two things end up happening. Well, one the big thing ended up happening. Is um, and the reason why I wear these glasses to this day because I tell the story, tell us I got 20/20 vision. I don't <laughs> wear glasses, right? But so what I had to figure out was I had to ha- I had to nullify the room in order to give them a beat so they could hear what was coming out of my mouth.
1: Nullify the room. Yes. Okay.
2: So what I did was I put these glasses on, mm. so that made them feel comfortable. Wow. To start hearing what was coming out of my mouth. So that's why I started, you know, when we, when we, the story behind these wisdom frames was, you know, this became my superpower, the opposite yeah. of Clark Kent. Yeah. When I put these glasses on, became my Superman. Yes. Superpower and the story behind these glasses, these frames. Right. But that nullified the room. And then my, when I closed the first deal, the golden ticket was, you know, uh, I think it was Pepsi. Um, old white CMO was summertime. I was like, uh, Hey, you know, Whatever the name was, uh, do you have a granddaughter or a daughter that's a uh, teenager? I was like, call him up on the phone and say that you're in a meeting about Little Wayne. You know, smart. Call him on the phone.
3: Oh my God, granddad! you my God, my
2: granddad! We had a deal off it within 24 wow, hours. Smart. So that's how I first broke the door of getting Wayne into the endorsement side, and all he had to do was show up and execute, which yeah. he did. Yeah. And it started rolling from there.
1: So now y'all rolling, building brands. So, so now, now y- so now you establish the brand. Y'all rolling. When do you? When does okay? Let's let's start signing artists because it felt like y'all had like twenty artists at the same time.
2: Yeah. So when? So currency left after Where we all
0: based out of.
2: Oh, uh, at that point, Just uh, after Hurricane Katrina. After Katrina, we moved. He went to Houston because he went to school at University of Houston for a year, and then we moved to Miami right before Hurricane Katrina. So '05. So he and mine we moved to we've been in Miami. <laughs> And all that time. I moved to Atlanta. He moved to Miami. Well, I was kind of both places, but. Sure. So you was here. I was here.
0: So you're responsible for the Nicki Minaj, Deb situation. No, that, that no. was. I'm really trying to figure it out. I'm not.
2: Re- she was signed to us, but I wasn't manager at the time. I ended up We started managing Nicki probably at the end of her first album. We, because we think we first put out uh, Super Bass. So. Uh, with the Nikki manager. But I was around with the Deb, and before that, Diddy was managing her. So she was going Fendi first, and then I think it was Diddy, and then it was Deb. Oh, I don't know it was uh, Diddy.
0: So y'all cannot take credit for Nikki. That's it. Tried. That's all I'm saying.
2: I never did. Oh. did. Oh. No, nah, but she, the Atlanta broke her. Like that DJ Scream <sighs> mixtape. You
1: heard it from the man? No. Hey, you called for it. You said it. What? Stick so with who it who did, it now. Uh, Hey, he said uh, it now. Ted, I wouldn't even go is that. I, I, is I over. Sh- shout out to
2: Deb, shout out to Gucci. Like they really. who
0: did Playtime is Over?
2: Uh no, we didn't put that out. That was all her with those relationships. So to me, she I'm
1: broke But let that me ask thing. you so no no. So, so what I'm asking is is Elena. that Hold, hold on. Um, I w- I w- I want to make sure I get the timeline right cuz I didn't I forgot about the Nikki Deb Gucci thing. I didn't know that. So so you guys start Young Money. Wayne is in Miami. Mm-hmm. You're li- you live in Atlanta and y'all saying we got currency left and then what happens after that?
2: We were signing. we was, you know, we working on Carter 3 right we in that mode um but you know he still we still want to build a label so um we still wanted to build it. Mac was still around but that's when you know Jazz Prince came up to me no that Nicki was first so, so who was first let me, tell, let me think who was first who was first Nicki or Drake um or Tiger cuz they all came around the same that's year it's all came around the same year, but it was different story. I can't remember which came first. The Nicky situation came because Wayne did one of them come up DVDs for mm-hmm. Fendi in New York. You know, remember them DVDs yeah. they used to yeah. hand, hand out, hand, hand, yeah, hand, hand to hand. So uh, French was doing it uh, back there too, right? So, boys. so he was doing. it. So he did one of them DVDs, and Fendi, who was doing the DVD, he put Nikki right behind Wayne interview. So when <laughs> we got to New York, put our two boys. Fendi was like, "Yo, yo, I got this." You know what I'm saying? So he strategically. Put Blake Nikki's up. rap freestyle right in behind Wayne's interview. Mind you, we go we go fast forward through all that shit to Wayne's interview. Yeah, and Nikki pop on, and Wayne was like, "Yo, who the fuck is that?" like, "Yo, who 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 this DVD for? Like, who do this?" He's like, "Man, call him. He didn't even her. care. He just probably like, "I'm on it. Let me see find what I her. did." Exactly. Find her. So that's how Nikki came.
1: So yeah, find Nikki. And find is Nikki. Nikki with anybody, or she just with Fendi?
2: She just with Fendi. She just with Fendi. Uh. Um. One with anybody and you know, a hip indie and he was like, Yeah, he flew out, you know. So, so you got Nikki. How does Tiger come? Tiger come, we was doing the MTV awards or something like that. Tiger was hanging around with gym class heroes. Or I because
1: he had the record, the coconut, the coconut, the coconut record. record and, and he, he was one rock- of the gym class heroes was his cousin. Yeah,
2: Travi, yes. Travi, So yeah. so Travy was introducing it to us and t- him and Wayne hit it all. And we was just like, oh, okay, you know, what I'm saying, Tiger, you know, Wayne took in took a, a liking to him. It was like, yo, I wanna fuck with him, fuck with him. And that's how he came around. And uh, Drake was Jazz.
1: So Jack calls you and says
2: what? Jazz called me and said, yo, I found this kid on MySpace. Jazz, yeah. you gotta hear.
1: him.
0: <laughs> I would love to see Drake's old and MySpace. I like, yeah.
2: I was like, I think it was out here, man. And I remember just first hearing, i was like, first thing I thought of, I was like. Yo, I could, I could, I could understand every, every fucking syllable coming <laughs> out of his every mouth. Every word. I was like, I've never heard somebody. He had a rap song called "Replacement Girl," yeah. and he
1: was rapping so clear, like it was like, like clear. I had never rap. heard that, yeah. so
2: it was that same tape. Yeah. It was that comeback season mixtape, and I was like, Yo, i never heard nothing so crisp and and, yeah. and clean. Yeah. Like I'm like, Yo, I was like, Yeah, we gotta fly him out. Yeah. So, um, so um, um, so we fly him out. And when I saw him, I was like, "Oh shit, nigga, you light skinned too?" Man? <laughs> I was like, "I ain't saw." <laughs> I was like, "Damn, you Canadian?" Because Drake, uh, Jazz told me he's Canadian. I was like, "You Canadian and you light skinned and you rap like this?" I was like, "Oh You're yeah." I was like, "I was like, yeah, yeah." See, so yeah. sign- what say- kind
0: of artist development did you do for Drake?
2: Um, or oh, for all of them? For for that time, the Drake play was. You know, he was here. We was in Atlanta. We was we was in Atlanta. All this yeah. shit, all this shit it like had hot beats. Hot beats. Yeah. We was at hot beats. So the first thing we did was, you know, what can we do to, you know, <coughs> to catapult Drake on that level? So
1: y'all knew Drake was, in your mind, you knew Drake was the one. It was yes. like, we going, okay.
2: I knew he was the one. I knew it from oh, wow. from the jump. I, I didn't know it at that point. Yes. I didn't know it at that point. I knew it a little bit down the line. I'll tell that story. I knew it a little bit down the line, but... I knew that he had he could rap really well. <laughs> so the first thing we did was let's put him on a song called Ransom, mm-hmm. where he just rapping yeah, right next to the that high, right, okay, yeah. The hottest right now. we we on fire yeah. going into quarter three, right? And we was like, if we gonna put them right next to him and just have them just just bars. Yeah. And that it shit work. And we put like money to blow forever. Like we put out, then we just dropped yeah. a couple more, three or four more songs. Yeah. And he just the buzz. The buzz just kind of started happening, you know what I'm saying? Nikki, uh, Nikki was here, and the Nikki, the Nikki wave and buzz came literally off of Deb, and what they did for her in the streets of Atlanta. That's how she started. That's how she started. I, I didn't, I didn't. I'm not gonna take Wait, credit. I'm trying for to nothing. be nice I'm over here, and you
0: keep making this at you me. Know. I'm gonna come over it.
2: here. All, all I'm saying, all,
1: all i uh, we got, we getting it from
2: the man's mouth. That's what that mixtape like so, that put her on the road. Itty bitty piggy and all I that. I know her like, from places That wasn't was me. That was I that was know. that wasn't us. That's that not was, how I got into it. That was this that time. was so management team. So she on. So that she Young manage- Money, but her
1: management team is moving around. Yeah, her management you team. Management y'all appreciate. Golden? Y'all appreciate that. I wasn't by the way. managing.
2: I wasn't managing any of them at that time. But Drake came to me. I'm only managing Wayne. Drake was the second person to come to me and ask me to make him a superstar. Uh-huh. So I was originally recruiting Drake just for Young Money. So you the label. So just as I'm just i I'm the executive. I'm running the label, right? So when Drake came to me. Because I never, like I said, I never had any intentions of managing anyone else. I only came in this shit to help my friend, right? Yep. So it was nothing in my mind said I wanted to be a manager and manage a lot of clients. Mm. Drake, just the second person to come to me, was like, yo, Tez, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and this time we had Kanye. We had got Kanye. Well, I met my partner, G Robeson. Shout out to G and, Robeson, Gene, and, yep. Al, all yeah, guys. Yeah, so we that was early 2007. Drake came like a little bit later in 2007. So he knew we had on a management roster it was Wayne and Kanye yeah, yeah. at this time. He
1: won, he went in.
2: Yes. So he was like, "That's my that's the two people I want to be like." He was like, "I would love for you to manage me, Test." You know what I'm saying? And yeah, uh, you know, I see how you roll with Wayne and stuff. Did, did
1: you were you worried about how Wayne would feel or Wayne
2: was cool with it? I definitely was worried about. I asked him. I had to. I, I wasn't gonna do it without asking and getting his blessing. So. I didn't like I said, it took me by surprise. I am like, you want me to manage you? Yeah. I was like, man, yeah. I just started really. I'm yeah. really just literally just, I'm only three years yeah. in. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So um I was I was only three years in. So I was just like, um, man, um, all right. I'm like, let me check with Wayne. Yeah. Wayne was like, Well shit, man, you know, if he gonna be over here, you're gonna get him over him here. Then, you anyway. then yeah. might as you know, you might as well be over that too to make sure it's successful for all of us. I was like, bet.
0: What's the most difficult thing about managing Lil Wayne and then the most difficult thing about managing Drake?
2: I think um, it was a hard lesson, right? It's it's probably the reason why my management – it was the reason why my management my management situation ended with Drake at the end of our first initial term. It definitely was the reason. But I had to learn because I didn't know. Like, I was only three years in, right? And mind you, Wayne's style was totally different from Drake's style. Like, Wayne was the one – Wayne trust me with everything. Like Wayne, just test, just go make a habit, tell me what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't a lot of communication. Wayne only wanted to know what I gotta do. Was it He he put that much trust in me. Like he saw sure. something, he saw something in me. I didn't even know I had it myself at the time, right? Sure. So so that's the type of. So I went, I led with that same, that's the only thing I knew. So I led with that still, that same style of managing with Drake and not understanding Drake was the one who wanted details, information and wanted to be. So I used to pull up, mind you, I all the deal, everything worked, you know what I'm saying? Made him a superstar and, you know, and, and really, really fast and got him plenty of opportunities. But I didn't know I, I left the door open for other people to come in later on. Once him. I made him a superstar, mm-hmm. I left I left mm-hmm. interpretation for people to come in saying, thinking that, oh, you did this for you know, you did this on your own because you was Drake because he didn't have the information and knowing what was going on to make him, all the moves that was coming going on behind the scenes to take him to that level, right? So it allowed a Judas to come in and, mm. and you know, once he was already a star at this mm-hmm. point, you know what I'm saying, two platinum albums allowed a uh, person to come in and try to sway him to thinking different, you know? So yeah. I, I learned that the hard way because that ended our management relationship, you know, so I had to learn, like, yo, you know, these people were different, and we finally, you know, we super tight now, like, our friendship is super close, uh, because it was real and authentic, but we went, like, probably nine months or a year with a rough period where, you know, uh, we went over a whole rough period for about a year, till we had to man up and look, you know what I'm saying, he understood at the end of the day, all the things he finally came to the sense of all the things we, I did do for him, mm. and you know, we had the talk. But and I had to own up to I should have known, you know, I wish I would have asked you or known to, you know, what you really needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you need to come it was no problem for me. It's not like I was hiding something to doing do. I just was doing what I knew it how to do. Like if you want to be on these calls or if you want to know step by step by step, you know, Wayne is one like hit me when it's done and <laughs> let me know where to go. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And sure. And so I had th- I learned a real ex- learning lesson from that. I, that the lesson I took was each of these artists are different, yes. and you gotta understand, you know, what what it takes to make them move and the manager style you have to. Is proceed. it hard? Is
1: it harder to manage a female
2: superstar? Absolutely. Ah. <laughs> Absolutely. What's the difference? I mean, female. Okay. <laughs> I mean, females just come with extra. Even when we started managing Nikki, right? Um, when she left, that she came out us uh, some management, you know, because it was right in house. And She asked us the manager. Mm. It was just like, um, you know, it was the little things we weren't thinking about. We weren't thinking about glam. We weren't thinking about mm. well, I can't fly in the same day because I might be bloated when I land. I can't fly in for a photo mm. shoot the same day because I might be bloated when I land. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you gotta like, think about them. stuff. I didn't know. I was right. like, what? It wasn't even. Why in the you canceling? Off. We canceled the shoot because of. what it's something that we had. We had to learn mm. on the fly. You know, I'm saying we had to learn on the fly by dealing with a with a, like that whole that whole thing glam and. Uh, don't kill me, women. But that emotional thing is real. You know what I'm saying? Nah, don't man. don't get a man and pillow talk coming to situations. So it's, it's a lot even of, harder. You know, that's mm-hmm. it. male male managers and uh, and the other guys coming in that might not be the right type of dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like in the head. Yeah, you got to think about. It's 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 a it's a very real thing. But most of it was just about you know the preparation that women need you know to get themselves together to be you know to be on point. So we had to learn. We had to Figure that out, that learning curve out to uh, understand uh, how to manage Nikki. So
1: everything you had going on, if you could do anything differently, what would you do? Like,
2: I don't think I'd do everything differently. I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer that um, you know, all those mistakes, even the detrimental, the one you know that it could have been financially, maybe, you know, what I'm saying, or even relationships at the time. I think everything happened for a reason cuz I learned a lot about myself, I learned a lot about the business and the game and it, and it it you know it helped me evolve become a better version of an executive moving on, you know? So, so I took all those things. So
1: what does it look like today for you? Like are you still excited about management?
2: No. You're <laughs> saying i not say cause really. I'm not. <laughs> nah. Nah. Like, like so as my manager was like Nah, man. low key like low I, key like. I mean, just because just because how management is set up, you know, management you you, you you know, especially me as a manager, right, who was heavily involved in A&R and picking records and putting together records, secrets, like, all that shit. For Wayne, like, I did, you know, Wayne just dropped 100 songs on me and, like, picked the album. You know mm. what I'm saying? So, I, you know, or, or, or you know, for us, you know, especially I, my, me and my team, you know, we have a, a, a bunch of different skill sets, how we built our management company, you know, that literally is a one-stop shop for our artists. So on the management side, if you just get in a commission, and these artists literally could just say, "Tomorrow, I'm, I'm I'm not feeling well, and you're gone." And we put in all this like it's certified babysitter. It's twenty four seven. Like you have to sacrifice yourself in order for someone else's life. And if you're doing that and you have no ownership, mm-hmm. and these labels are making, you know, they could they they're reaping the benefits forever from the the Ever. especially for us. Mm. Like literally, Blueprint Group was the label for Young Money. Mm. The Thought Tank, you know what I'm saying, Baby and Slim were great partners because they gave, gave us all the money yep. that we needed to support uh, to support these ideas I had. But all they had to do was literally cut the check, you yep. know what I'm saying, and back us up, universal and the infrastructure. Because I was coming there like, baby, we're going to put this out, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And this is because the uh, my our management team was – Literally the thought tank of building out these rollout pants, picking singles, you know what I'm saying, marketing plans, like all that. We was just going to Universal for support to amplify it, you know what I'm saying, and all the things that they added on top of it. We definitely was steering the ship for young money as in all the acts on young money. We but we had we had no ownership mm-hmm. in the asset. You know, so that's the that's the problem with management that I have. You know, you could put all this time and energy into an artist and a client and, you know, you learn that you can have, you know, as they grow, there's some type people think white is better. Like, it's a whole lot of mm-hmm. stuff that happened in this business, you know, and then, you know, they think they may need a bigger manager just because they get into a certain level, and they'll leave you high, high and dry. Mm-hmm. They'll leave you high and dry. You have nothing to show for it. Yep. You have nothing to show for it, especially it's if you invested is- in one person, then you might just be back You know what I'm saying? You might be back working at McDonald's or something like that, you know?
0: Wait, so when did things kind of get weird or like, when did y'all notice something wasn't right with baby and little Wayne? Like,
2: which time? (laughs) (laughs) I came in and it was like that.
0: Let's do it the first time. Like, when I mean, that's that's why Wayne first
2: called me. I mean, that's why Wayne Uh, first called me because he he needed somebody to see. Yes, he needed somebody. He didn't have a lawyer, he didn't have a business manager, he had never really got paid anything. What do you mean?
0: Never got paid? Never got like paid. What? He
2: got paid like with cars and got damn a few dollars after the tour and mm-hmm. and. At what
0: point, when you say he never got paid anything, where were you at when he wasn't like?
2: What was I? This is like was not I you. I mean,
0: where was he at in his career? Like he
2: was, er- it was early. it still was early, but it's still two okay. platinum albums yeah. out. Oh, got no,
0: this is two platinum albums and i But he had, two, nine platinum nine
2: yeah. he had two platinum albums out before he was That's seventeen. That's what I'm asking. Before yes. he was eighteen, yeah, he he had two platinum, platinum albums album. out. So with we no had to. So we had to – I literally was brought in to get him a lawyer, get him a business manager. So I had to figure all that out without knowing nothing about the business. And then – you Know literally was like, look for other labels. That's when we went and met with Jay Z at Def Jam. No. And, and they didn't, <laughs> oh, no, you probably public enemy number one. History would have oh, been yes. crazy if no, it was, it's public, all this is public. I mean, but we too. knew that yeah. though. But and when when they saw that paperwork, cash money saw that paperwork, that's when everybody was like, <laughs> he was like, hold up, oh, hold up. They saw <laughs> so what paperwork the the, the, the Jeopardy, we had a contract. We oh, about, oh, yeah. about to
1: sign with with Jay. When Jay was we about to sign. Wait, I heard about that, but I didn't. I didn't even know that it was that deep. I didn't know it was a contract. The, the
2: paperwork was there. That was my first time drinking. We were drinking Belvedere vodka. I, <laughs> I was like, Oh, what's this? <laughs> Jay Z. I mean, Jay Z. Shit, that was, that was, <laughs> turn it up, man. Like, yeah. So, um,
0: history would. So y'all about to sign, and
2: then we about to sign, and y'all want to give them the courtesy of like. No, they we, we was about to sign. <laughs>
1: He's
2: a uh person. fucking um <laughs> Dev Jam is underneath uh Universal the universal, they um, all universal. So it came oh, they, made they, the block they, high. So they, they saw and they it. they was just like, handing the money to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. so they was handling, yeah, uh, uh, Doug Morris. Yeah. It, it was it was there. So yeah. when they um <laughs> so uh, when it was like Ernest <laughs> <laughs> But we had a way because he signed that contract when he was underneath 18, so we had a loophole. Oh, yeah. to to redo the whole deal, Should've restructure snatched. the whole deal. And you had to get a so we had a great courts. deal. So we had a great deal, and it worked. And we were rolling up. We was rolling yeah. for a lot of years until the the last time. Until
1: the last. So so the last time was the big time where y'all where the they five years. Speaking. Yes, and it's funny because I'm gonna tell you a story. So I do a deal with Cash Money, and I know that they're not working together. I have a group signed of Cash Money, and you literally go to um, the studio. They still Wayne right there. Wayne is right there, right there, and they're right there, like <laughs> still right there. with the beef, like yes. in the middle of it. Wayne is it because Wayne had a room at the studio, um, the, uh, Hit Factory, Hit Factory Criteria. Yeah. Wayne had a room, and like, and when you when you parked Wayne's room, you could still see through the glass, so you would know like, oh, Wayne's in there. I mean, obviously, he had like a skateboard set up yeah. right there, so yeah. you would just so when you come, they would be like, you can't park there. Wayne's coming, so he's gonna. I'm like, Wayne's coming. <laughs> but baby, is we been well, here with babies
2: like in here every day to say that was the craziest part. Yeah, yeah the whole time it was in the same time. I mean, it was never no serious right. beef, but it definitely was a family beef. It was mm. yeah, and it definitely was a stand standoff. Did, stand did, did they we,
1: feel a way about you? Like, were you in the middle of it? Because you're the guy that got to handle business, yeah, I and I've known you
2: since you was a little boy. I had to So you kind of got to man up,
1: yeah, and show them
2: that you're a man. But it's still like I had to do that very early. You know, what I'm saying I had to do that very early on. To understand that you know, and I think that over the, t- I mean, they probably didn't know about it. Yeah, I was the little, I was the little homie, the little yeah. homie that went to college. That's what they call me. Yeah. the homie. Oh, that's the little homie went to college. I was yeah. the little homie. I was yeah. the one that went to college, right? Yeah. So
1: and baby's a man um, of, of 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 not a lot of words.
2: Yes. Home went to college. Yeah, but maybe
1: he not ain't gonna do too much. I talk. think they
2: started respecting me. You know, once I, uh, I think that first meeting when I went that Def him. Jam deal. Nah, <laughs> 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 that definitely put they some time. I think they respected me. I remember <laughs> it was this one meeting around Carter Three. Before Carter Three, I went off on Mel the Winner. I didn't know who the hell he was. Yeah. Second in command. Yeah, the whole
1: that's I, Doug right here, man. Yeah, yeah I'm
2: like. I went off on him. I'm like, he's like, yo, I was like, you don't know. Wayne what you talking about? You old, you about fifty years old will trying to calm me down. I mean, like, I'm not calming down. This man not about to tell me what cause it was about doing features. But the features was got us hot. Yeah. And got us there. You know what I'm saying? You don't understand what we how we built up this buzz in order to sell that week, yes. that first week we had a Carter three. Like it was all strategic. Them mixtapes and them features was all Strategically done, and this man trying to tell me don't put out nothing. I was like, bro, you don't, you don't know Wayne, you don't know Wayne, and he's not, he wouldn't do this. And and I was like, don't, I was like, I'll way I don't even know who you are. The man was man. a man
1: of not, not that many words. he was we just was, like Doug's little man,
2: and we was at it. And I think Slim and they looked. I was like, man, this man gonna really stand up for it, you know. And then that. the money, st- and then we started. You know, they didn't have to do much at this point, you know. I took a lot off their show, so they had me. In there, And once success started happening, I think that with Carter Three, I, I got a question for you. I just
1: got to ask you this. How, do, how does it feel to have an album that you are overseeing sell one million first week?
2: It, it was amazing, man. I was like.
1: uh You ain't walking in the room like like Al Pacino, like, you know who did I this? Did. I did. No, I ain't do that. I ain't do that. I
2: ain't do that. I ain't do that. I ain't do that. I never taking the credit for that. I definitely, uh I was happy for Wayne. Because, uh, man, because uh, we had to remake that whole album like in six months because the first one leaked. Fucking Empire, whatever the big fat white dude is from Boston, I still probably don't like to this day. Because Empire mixtapes? Like, yes. Big Matt? Yes.
1: <laughs> big Matt, he live that. here. He from here. Yes. I he s- live Last here.
2: time I saw him was like a Roman. I probably wanted to goddamn smack him then. Oh, wow. Like, oh, try to shake that. my hand. I was like, no, shake my hand. If you leaked the whole album that we put two, three years of work into. How you know ah. it was him No. I end up figuring it out. Wow. He end up he started talking too much because we couldn't figure it out. He's you know, on but no, no, I knew it was him. No, oh. no, the tag he had, it came out on the, no, it was oh. the Empire tag. Yeah, it was like, I knew I didn't like, know who he was. Oh. I had no idea who yeah, the Empire yeah. was. Big Matt and how the hell he would get this? He played I, his
1: drop
0: over I, it. No, no, in no.
1: LA? You, you're, yeah, looking like, a, you're looking Empire at it from you're looking at it from today's lens. You have to understand this is piracy era. Yes. This is, I don't even know what piracy is. Meaning, this is your music is up on sites. Just regular sites, you don't know who's like connected Lime to. Lime, Lime Wire, yeah. just but yeah. you could download it. like Napster, Napster, Napster like just yeah. like so you know you, you want the album, you click a link, uh-huh. download the album is yours. Yes, yep.
0: So you would see the Lil Wayne thing, but you didn't
2: know who uploaded it. No, so I knew it was up, Empire. I knew it was Empire. I didn't know who Empire. You didn't was. know Empire was? was. I couldn't Got figure. Out. I did not know who yeah. Empire yeah. was. Yeah, man. It wasn't like social media was out or anything like that. I did not know who the hell Empire was. So I put faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh nah, so we had to make that. So it was a lot of stress. We put out um, was the first time we put out. Sorry for the wait. No, I think I pushed another album back for that. We put a mixtape out before that. We put something out to to buy some time. It took like nine months to create that album over, which is but so we went in heavy to go grab all those songs. You know what I'm saying? But it was a blessing in disguise, you know, because shit it did what it it did what it did. The fans, you know, our philosophy at that point was in that time when you know piracy and cds was going out of style and and the digital era was trying to make its way you know and we saw that it was inevitable that fans was going to be consuming music and be grabbing it from different types of ways so we was like maybe if we just keep giving them music we give them a lot and um if we give them a lot, you they know, when, you we, when yeah. we when we come put something out, they will reward. That's how we're, I felt by the way. They will, they will yeah. be willing to pay their ten dollars because they, they feel like so much. Mm-hmm. they've gotten so much from you. In good we're stuff, go though. That. That's how I felt quality. though. If, yeah. That's yeah. How, that's
1: really how I felt. It mm-hmm. so so felt like he did so much work, and his fans yeah. came out and was like, "We are gonna pay you back." Right. My support. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a strategy. So yeah. that was that's that's what it felt like. That was the whole
2: strategy around I had to tell Mel to all about that. Yeah, man. That was the whole strategy out of Card Three. So it was great to see. That's is you know that happening at that time when it was like like I said CDs was going out so you know mm-hmm. it was like unheard of to sell to that many that. records mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So if there's a young kid out there that wants you to manage him, what are the odds? Mm. <laughs> I <don't know>
0: <laughs> like absolutely not. Don't no, look, like, this, was,
2: it's, this was this this what this what I say. This is how I look at it. I'm taking titles off of uh oh, okay. of, of of these relationships now, mm. right? You know, so moving forward. If I work with an artist, it has to be a partnership, you know? Like, we have to be equally yoked. You know, I come in, I do my part. If I'm bringing in, you know, my relationships, all those things that I bring in as an executive and you bring in your creativity and talent, we're looking at it as a business deal like that. So we're owning this company together Yes, that's distributing this music, that's that's creating this merch or whatever we do so that I know my time vested into you, you know, I have something. If Lord forbid anything goes wrong, I have something to know my sweat equity that I put into this partnership. Pay
1: me back. I, it's gonna mm-hmm. pay me back. So that's th- that's the way <coughs> I
2: I look at. I'm looking at partnerships with artists from now on. You know, what I'm saying there's no way that I'm just gonna get in a traditional um, manager commission artist. type. I mean, let's just like. I really love it, and it's crazy. If I see it's, it's be moving, earning it's, it's paying you day one, earning and pay day one. I can see it's gonna be worth it like immediately. You know, other than that, you know, it's gonna be like a. That's I'm looking at these situations, partner. We we're creating a genuine, we're creating a company together. So right, like so basically, interpretation.
1: So if there's a young Tez watching this, that's like, I want to do this. We heard what you did. What would you tell somebody young that wants to be a manager, have an artist that they think is talented? What would be the first piece of advice you would give them?
2: Because
1: um, you already have a mentorship program, so you, yeah. kinda, you do this every day.
2: I mean, if they come up to me and say they have an artist, right, Um, I would tell them, and they want to be a manager, I was like, I would tell them that's a couple of different core traits that I, I think about when being a manager that you might have to have, right? Um, On the flip side from them personally, I'd be like, you know, you got to be a hustler, you got to be, you know, not afraid to, speak and and be extroverted in a way to especially at the right time to look and seek opportunities you got to be a savant for knowledge because this business is uh forever changing and evolving and you have to stay ahead of it you have to be knowing what the trends and what's going on for the sake of your client you know um yeah probably those those three things and then on the flip side as far as the the artists they want to manage you know I would always ask them, you know, what what about them? And this is sort of um, my philosophy. What about them is gonna separate them from the pack? You know, we got a hundred thousand songs being uploaded on these DSPs a day. You know, a lot of people could put t- together words and be talented. You know, especially they want to be international stars. You got people that don't even speak English, so you know, words is not even the first thing that that kind of brings me into music as we create hit songs and and tell our artists uh, how to create uh, the DNA for Mm -hmm. hit songs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So I'll be like, you know, the person that you're managing, what is unique about them? Or is there something that could be brought out to them for as their brand Mm -hmm. to make them unique that's going to separate them from the fat of all these other people trying to do the same thing?
0: Oh, that goes right into my question that I wanted to ask. So Lil Wayne were you scared to, like, okay, so when he wants to do truck fit, he wants to start going into his skater era and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We really didn't, well, I don't know, maybe it was, I wasn't into the skating thing, but we didn't have a black hip-hop artist that was going, like, the tr- the skater boy way. Mm-hmm. Um, when... As a branding person, because you said branding was one of the things you thought of, mm-hmm. did you think that that was gonna be a successful lane for him to be in? Did you guys kinda try to say, what are you doing? Like, how did that conversation even go?
2: Well, m- m- my job was to, when I saw that he really was gonna keep doing it, <laughs> and he started loving it, I was like, now I gotta figure out how to make it make sense. Right. So that's when I had him on ESPN X Games. I had to start playing the pieces to create the brand and narrative around it. We could create a rebirth rock album. We could goddamn put out Truck Fit, which is inspired by, you know, uh, uh, the skate culture. You know, so I started positioning him in places, you know, uh, doing partnerships with Zoomies. You know what I'm saying? All the things uh, created a shoe with Supra, you know. So I started doing things once I knew he was serious about it.
0: Was the skate community open, like, to, with open arms? At first,
2: they wasn't, because uh, what, what I learned about the skate community is, you know, they had to see that he really, really was living really it and wasn't trying to pimp the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. when they saw that he was serious about it, he falling and busting his ass just like them, and he's going to these skate parks all night with him, mm-hmm. they respected him and they embraced him, which made it easier for us, you know, to do. We had a video game. So I did. So once I knew it was serious, my job was to say, I got to build a brand around this. To make sure we capitalize off it, because you're gonna be doing this anyway. I got to make all this make sense, whether it's from the music and everything that we're doing on the tentacles outside of it. So that's when. So after a while, when I saw it was serious, that's when I built all that other stuff around it.
0: Smart. Okay. Before we start playing games and stuff, I wanna ask. Play with you. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It's good. so, how do you protect artists from themselves? So, like, <laughs> artists, they have their own lives and stuff and, and habits that they like to do and recreational things. How do you protect artists from themselves?
2: Man, oh, boy. it's a good question. Um, I'm trying to see how I can explain how. Um,
0: well, what does your process
2: look like? My process is...
1: Or you can give us a good example of how you protected somebody one day.
2: My process is understanding what those things are and understanding the person and don't put them in compromising and conflicted situations where they will have a ch- a chance to hurt themselves. You know what I'm saying? So it's, in some cases, you know what I'm saying, and when we managing, yay, it was the right decision to say, hey, no more press. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's when, like we was, when, we, when he was, when he was <laughs> <laughs> underneath our arm, like he'd be going and coming, going and coming over all these years, but, you know, there's no more press. Or, you know, uh, even uh, with Wayne, you know, a certain situation, certain I'm not going to put him in a fashion, you know, go after a – one of those fashion magazines, because I know he's not gonna be comfortable with the type of stylist they're gonna have there in the clothes mm-hmm. they're gonna cause some of those fashion men make you wear their styling yeah. in their clothes. So I know I can't go after that type of deal for him because I know that's not gonna be comfortable mm-hmm. for him. I'ma go off on this camera, like Ted, what you got me in front of wearing this type of shit, whatever. Even though th- he has wearing some crazy shit, mm-hmm. but I dealt with that. I dealt with the experience. I learned from it. I've made mistakes. I'm true, I made a lot of mistakes. And it took me learning those mistakes to understand what to not to do. You know, I know not to say when I had a bad experience when Wayne talked about I want to get into acting. Sometimes they want to get into things, and when they do it, they understand what? it's a whole different world. Yeah. And he lasted two days. The third day, he like, yeah, the playoffs I'm not coming off my bus <laughs> after this game.
1: What on a, <laughs> on a movie set? On a movie set. Amaya, this is
2: this is uh, what's that movie? Um, I'm crying. Shit it was Forrest Whitaker team <laughs> story directed it. Uh hurricane season. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. So he lasted three days. Season, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you know, and I told <laughs> listen, and I'm getting to hell, you know, I'm learning about, you know, movies and the time and like how different that is and with that with that that punctuality and how much, you know, that costs, you know, and how important that is on this set. And I was just like, you know, I told him never again. I was like, I'm not I don't care if you ask me, I'm not ever booking this again, I'm not gonna do it. You know what I'm saying offers come. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love That's Wayne to gonna. do this movie one day. Nope. <laughs> I know I he is he's yeah. not gonna be on. He's not gonna get eight hours doing the same thing, repetitive, redundant, mm. over and over again because this, this is how movies shoot. So, produced, so sometimes once you learn, you know, you gotta, you know, you you know what to do and what not to do based off of understanding who they are
0: that goes back to what you said in the beginning studying your artists knowing yeah. what you're dealing with who you're dealing with customizing it to them not trying to copy paste. I think everything. that's
2: the most key things about great great managers you know what I'm saying like you got to know how to make your artists move and you got to know them yeah you have to know them to know what to do to get them up to get them going know you know and when to be there when to be counselor you know when you know and and and, and be ready for those fires that may be coming you know what I'm saying like because, sh- sure enough, we've had a lot of them <laughs> over the damn years.
0: You said you made a lot of mistakes. What's the biggest mistake you think you
2: made? Um, I think the biggest mistake was, um, well, the biggest learning lesson that I learned way later on was, because I jumped into this on with a tunnel vision of just protecting my friend and being the manager, you know, I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to the business side of things and understanding what what that at what that looked like, how money was being made mm. and assets were being created in the music business. So I was a great manager and I was making people a lot of money. It's a reason why we got to the point. If I was understanding, you know, the revenue that Young Money was making and understood what that was, were you
1: a partner in Young Money? Huh? Were you a partner in Young Money? I wasn't a partner okay. in Young Money. So you was really helping your man. yeah, Working for him.
2: Got yes. You. So, you know, it took me years and years down the line going through that lawsuit to be a real rude awakening of really, like, smacking my face. Tez, what have you been, like, cause, cause we didn't make a dollar off of Young Money. I was about a to say. Dime, nothing.
1: Young Money's catalog is, pro- their catalog, if they sold it today, it's probably worth $2, 2500000000 billion. Dollars. <coughs> if they yeah. sold it today, it's probably worth about two.
2: And I didn't. So you listen. built a billion dollar. Ass. And <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, mean I, I nah, I'm, it's sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just looking like. No, it's funny. Shit. It's funny. Nah, but, like, I, cause, but I was so busy being the manager. We were so busy, and then we had these fucking superstars. Right, we Kanye, Wayne, Drake, Nikki, This all that's G Easy. All was at the same time. So we, so we, and their business, their brands, and their own. So all of it, I'm talking about my team. We we're so tunnel vision on doing them great and putting ourselves behind them and making sure they're great. I wasn't paying attention to the asset side of the Young Money business that I should have been looking at way before, before we got into a situation where I had to fight for five years to get all that money that was owed back that we had never saw.
0: What's the example of an asset from the Young Money? Like you said, you were on So Drake and,
2: Nikki, Drake and Nicki, Drake and Nicki were signed. They're like, they're no, their honest. assets. Every, every Drake. So all of Drake's
1: and now that like, Drake is off cash money now. Yeah. yeah. But everything that was on cash money, they own. Yes. That's why I said they can sell those assets. Like yeah. he can't he, the way Tez made his money. was transactional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I make you a million dollars. You cut me my percentage mm-hmm. right. cash money. They, they have the value side. Right. So, you know, there, you guys are making the cash, but we have right. the asset that's coming in. Yeah. So right. if we want to cash out, mm-hmm. he can sell his contract, right. but the artist got to be okay with it. The asset can be sold to universal or whoever.
2: Right. And young money cash money 50/50 partner so I wasn't looking at that side of it and it was a ton of money coming in and I wasn't looking at the the label side of things and paying attention to it if I would have been doing that earlier you know I mean I don't know if I would have avoided that big long lawsuit but um
0: What made you go luck?
1: The, you're talking about the lawsuit where Cash, cash Money, money. shoe got sued by Wayne. Yes. So you guys were suing for Young Money also?
2: Yes. Oh, I thought it was just for Wayne. No, no, no. We had the the young money part was the biggest part. That's the part <laughs> that, the that we never baby. saw a dollar on. So that was the biggest part.
0: What what was the red flag? Where did y'all start saying, Wait, hold on, we missing something here?
2: I mean, you know, uh they had to confess they had to come to me and tell me they didn't have any more money.
0: I would have loved To minute. To, 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 to pay to
2: pay. Pay Wayne in his advance, and that's when I figured out.
1: Okay, so so can I, I tell you how this happens?
0: We do, yes, please, am
1: I? I have my
2: theory of how it happens. I, like you know, this my this is, what, this,
1: this is what I, this is what I this is what I because I work well, that I, I work going, I work for major label. Oh, here's the thing, you gotta understand something. Most I guarantee you, and Tez could bounce from me, or he don't have to, but most artists, you name the most successful artists, they don't get. It's rare to see a royalty check in this business. Correct. Now, people think you're getting fucked because you don't see a royalty check. No, that's not what it is. They're cutting you in advance. Mm. So, let's say if Baby is like, he gets a $60 million advance from Universal. Mm. They got to recoup that. Mm -hmm. He got the money now, so they got to recoup that. So, they might be ready. It might be just timing off, like, Mm-hmm. Yo, we ready to drop an album, mm-hmm. and we need twenty million a day, and it's like the money haven't came in yet. We ain't got that right got now, it. Yeah. because we done took an advance yeah. out. So kind of, we kind of need y'all to drop that album, so we right. go get another that's advance, right? So and, and then we'll
2: cut you a check. And I think that, and I think that, um, <coughs> and I think that, um, that's what I, that's what my theory. would happen. Because I don't think they expected the. Dr- they didn't expect Drake and Nikki. Right. and how large their advances became, how much their cost <laughs> and came. And then not only that, here's another
1: thing. Everything was under their umbrella, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So he was an insider that yeah. became an outsider. Yeah. So Tez is a that's Lil Wayne, a little homie from college, mm-hmm. right? Now Tez is on businessman. So now Tez is like, so it's kind of like you run your house the way you run your house, and now Drake has his team, and they're like, where our money? Right. And then mm-hmm. Nikki's team is like, where our money? And everybody yeah. like, where our money? And they're like, hold on.
2: Yes, we got his advance. We, we got it. We, got this we made when boss some stuff because usually the money might have been it came back before and, the next album came out that I could just and and I that's take and that's another reason so why think, a
1: lot of people didn't get paid. Producers didn't get paid from cash money at time right. because they was taking advances out. Mm-hmm. So like when artists are getting these big advances, like I would challenge artists to just sit back and and say, I don't want an advance. I just want my royalties that's owed to me. It might change their whole deal, but hey, you walk in a building, they about to give you fifty million dollars. You don't realize that. All you all they did was double that back on their fees, oh everything man. else. Mm-hmm. So they keep you in the hole. That's the game.
2: Yeah, that is. And, uh, and I said, I think that's what happened. I, I don't think that they yeah. expected the, the success yeah. of Drake <laughs> and Nikki and Wayne at the same time, year by year. They right. both, they was all dropping consistently. and They had to keep, you know, and the money probably wasn't coming up fast enough, recouping fast enough so they could keep funne- funneling yeah. these situations. So that sort of was the, that was my theory. Of why it happened. But that was oh, that. By the before way, before then, before then, they were great partners. You know, what I'm saying, any idea I had, anything we wanted to do, any video we wanted to get made, you know, it was done, 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 done. And, and
1: there's something to factor in when you're winning. The bank is always open. Yeah, and they were winning. So why is the bank not open? Mm-hmm. Well, the bank is like, well, your man just walked in here and <laughs> just got a hundred million dollar <laughs> check. Yeah, and he was supposed to take care of that, so that becomes okay. problematic. So, right. and I think
2: sense. there's another piece of this. You know, Cash Money was also the only company who had what they call a traditional P and D deal, so they owned 100 percent of their company, mm-hmm. and Universal was on, didn't own that asset. They was only making a distribution fee. So when they got stuck in the hole, Money,
1: I mean, how do you get they, out the hole? They could
2: have came in and be like. Cause knowing the money's gonna come in, or they could
1: have, they could have, or they, or they could have sat, they could have sat y'all down and said, "Hey, look,
2: here's what we're gonna do," but they didn't. They so, probably was like, "You gotta give me a piece of this." Yeah, that's I how. They, that's that's this, how. That's how. they take and your I'll, shit. From then you. I bail you out. You know what I'm saying? That's how they take your shit from you. That's yeah. how
1: people use their label because yes. it's a cash flow problem. Yes. All right, yes.
0: Before we go into the games, I got one more thing. How do you separate personal from business? Like, how do you not take shit personal?
2: I had to learn that the hard way. I have no emotion. And when it comes to that art, artist shit, like real business shit, like. and then I realized what's most important in life, man. Like, you know, I couldn't, I can't let this job and career, there's way more things that's more important to me. You know, I know God blessed me with this situation. I feel like it's definitely was my purpose to be doing what I'm doing, you know. But I also understand that, you know, I won't ever let, You know, that's why I always kind of been the same. I never let these situations really, or this job, or this career, even through the fire, they always ask me and my partner, G like, how the hell y'all do? Y'all got Kanye, y'all got Nicki, y'all got Wayne. And these situations become, y'all be so calm. Like, what do you want me to do? We're not about to let this, you know, kill us and age us, get heart attacks over this shit. You know (coughs) what I'm saying? At the end of the day, um, we can't take none of this with us. There's more important things. Uh, I think my spiritual grounding along the way, along this journey, has helped me not waver or change who I am. And I've always been that way. I'm the same guy, you know what I'm saying, since I started in this situation. It's personal for me. I
1: was
0: about to say, Ray, you got something to say. Ray is over there. No, 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 no,
1: no, uh, because I understand what he's saying. But my thing is, it's hard to separate business from personal because your business feeds your family. Yeah, And sometimes people act like man, it's just business. Oh, okay, cool. It's hard. It's but it ain't business when I do you dirty. Right. It's hard. You know what I'm saying. Right. So it's hard to be like. It's hard. And you know when people start playing for themselves, you kind of got to just sit back and be
2: like, oh, okay. I've, yeah. I don't. It's know hard. hard. Be, I've come. Yeah. Listen, I've saw. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I've got. I already say, it's, it's, I've it's, got it's, moves put on me that probably lost me millions and millions and millions and millions no. and millions of dollars. And I just had to swallow yeah. it because of the. Uh, okay. But but another thing that makes it good
1: is yeah. that another thing that makes it good is that you know you you you. You, you do dirty business, it eventually catches you. Exactly. Like, like, there are a lot of people who fucked people over time after time. And by the time they finally get to that point of success, they owe so many people, what they going to do? Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you want, like, because if you fuck people, that's what you do. That's who you are. Yep. You're going to fuck them. You're going to fuck them. You're going to fuck them. Yep. You're going to fuck everybody. You get, and then all of a sudden, all it's going to take is one or two people to have it on there. And plus, you don't want enemies. Yeah, you don't need as an artist. You don't want enemies. So when you fuck people, it's like, oh, okay, that shit. That shit will come to pass.
2: Yep, I, I agree with that, and that's literally that's probably what out of all them upset times, pissed off times I've been. You know, I've been no understanding that I had to swat. Or those times I swatted, I understood that every time it may have came uh, to one of those situations. You know, we still here, nineteen years later. Mm-hmm. You know, we still. Doing business, having opportunities, you know what I'm saying. Shit, my mom's still good. Family's still good. It um, so you know when we bounce, you know it's never. I feel like I I I led this journey with purpose coming into it, and as long as I keep that mentality, no matter what though, when those times come, where those people then those is come and those snakes come, you know, they coming. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are always around. You know. Um, you Know, I always have faith that because I'm still doing just following my purpose and my pathway, that everything gonna work itself out, and it has been, it has been doing that for me and my partners. Like, we all have the same thing, we got together, we still been rocking with each other for 16 years. You know, I'm saying, all same fucking partners, and we still creating opportunities for ourselves and our families.
0: Before we, I know I keep doing this, I'm sorry, I want to play, put your money I know, I know, but I want to he a manager, so I want to ask him, and this is personal for me. Sorry, this has nothing to do with nothing. As a manager, who do you think are the next three big artists that are going to blow up the charts?
2: That's going to blow up the charts? Yes, Billboard. <laughs> um, that's going to blow up the charts. Well, like that's coming up.
1: It feels unfair because he's an architect. <laughs> am i tripping
2: Nah, you ain't tripping you Cause, right
1: because it's kind of like it's kind of like he knows how many things have to fall in place yeah yeah that yeah. that's happen. exactly what i'm thinking so it's <laughs> like so he has to analyze the, he can't even see the artist holistically it has to be like because yeah. let's be clear every artist tour, right now the tour is set up right yeah, every artist has whatever? an opportunity to be yeah. next yeah. but like if wayne wouldn't have been
2: what right, he so became who's
0: on your radar then let's go with that who's up coming artist. I don't know my
2: real on my radar. What I what I was shocked about, I could tell you something that was shocking about me cuz I was <laughs> cuz I was looking at a deal, you know what I'm saying? I'm uh looking at this um um deal that I'm um trying to create with this beverage, this alcoholic beverage that wants a female um wants a female artist that's um that's, you know, that appeals to the this younger generation, right? So you know, I'm on there and I'm pitching like, yo, you know, maybe it's Lotto, maybe it's Caricia, you know, maybe it's Glorilla, and Al. My partner was like, no, it's Ice Spice, Thank it's you, Ice Spice, it's Ice Spice. And so I'm like, what? what? I'm like, what is that? What is that? Like, so it's Ice Spice. He's like, pull up the numbers. So I look at the numbers, and she, her numbers is blowing Crazy. out, I'm blowing sure away all of them, like all the, all across like impressions every platform <coughs> streams even even the music i'm like because i know what culture what i feel i know i'm hearing glorilla all the time when i'm in a club i know what carisha's brand is doing you know for its uh relevancy uh you know what i'm saying but then i'm i'm and yeah, I, yeah. but i look at those no i look i, I did not believe yeah, i'm like no I, I was like i know she got a buy i know the Kim kardashian she, i don't know how what that means i was like I, maybe she's influential. I know that her music is not great. I had to, I, she, 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 you like pull it up. and I pulled it up and I was like, "Wow. So I did the analysis. I was like, damn, she just, she's influential in all different ways. Mm-hmm. you know And And mind you, with that, you know as an architect, I could take something like that and understand we could create a song, you know what I'm saying? If you got that type of influence, I get a good songwriter, a good producer, and teach a person how to create a song. You know, you have all those other things, just these other variables that, you know, that, that you need to become a superstar, right? I could create, I can look at that, like, create a song, have, get our touring right, our strategy right. She's winning in all these other places. I <coughs> could, as an architect, I could take, where based off those numbers, like, it's like, take her and go, shit, Nicki Minaj it. Yeah. At, at this point, you know? Oh,
0: Nicki did sign her, though, so...
1: Nikki, she signed a Nikki now.
0: Yeah, is
2: yeah. she
1: signed
0: her? Yeah, Nikki yeah.
2: just signed oh, her. That's why Nikki wow. just in the record her, her. label. Yeah, That's that was amazing. her first artist. Shout out Nikki! Congratulations on that.
1: All right, perfect. So Tamir, so so, Yay, so Tez, we play. play this. We play this game called uh, "Put Your Money Where Your Mouth, mouth Is," um, mm-hmm. where we give you three names of three artists, situations, mm-hmm. and you have to pick one to sign, one you're going to put in development, and the other you're going to drop.
2: Okay. Sign. By the way, you develop. have to make
1: these decisions as a as a. So we we talking about blueprint right now. Okay. We're looking at these artists, and you got to pick one to sign, drop, develop. If you don't sign, pick one, drop. You'll appreciate this. If you don't pick one, you have to donate twenty dollars. Okay. To uh the kids academy, creative academy. It's a nonprofit that we are associated with that gives opportunities to kids, kind of like what you do. So okay. You don't lose. Nobody
2: loses either way. Okay. 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 But, you know, sign, we, develop, drop.
1: So sign, <laughs> drop, develop, and Tamira yeah. just sent me the first one. I'm gonna say, Yay. and she never sends one. <laughs> Ice Spice, Lotto, Glorilla.
2: <laughs> okay, I would um, I would sign Ice Spice based off <laughs> I would develop Glorilla just because I the hook on the culture.
0: Elena, you're out of there, buddy.
2: And sorry, Lotto. Okay. Then you got to finish. You got to
1: finish the statement. I thought I got to elaborate on No, no, no. You don't know. You have to elaborate, but you can't. You got to say, I'm dropping Lotto. You got to finish. I have to to drop Lotto. Okay, perfect. Let's go. Let's go. This one is going to be easy. This one is usually hard, but I feel like it's easy for you. Uh, T.I.
2: Ludacris Wang. Oh. Shit, these are all my friends, man. <laughs> oh shit! Not I a you got to donate twenty dollars. These are all my friends. Listen, this is just a game, friends. <laughs> if y'all see this, um, Ooh. I would, I would sign Wayne. I would develop Tip, and I would drop Luda. I'm only. Oh my god! <laughs> Why though? Huh? Why? Um, I signed Wayne because obvious reason. I mean. You I know if I didn't know him, he's so influential. We talking about this point right no, now? No, we talking about their career. You their want career. their,
1: on their stuff, their music career on your label.
2: Yeah, so yeah, I was sign Wayne because, you know, <coughs> just how um, influential he was, his uh, stage presence, you know, um, how he set himself apart and understanding his brand, uh, tip, Tip I would, uh, develop because, because, you know, he has a certain, um, he has a certain swagger about himself that separates him from the, from everybody else. His lingo, his lingo, his voice and cadence, you know what I'm saying? He really has a Southern draw that's like none other, you know? So I would develop him and help grow his brand to do more things to help him take, take him over the top and drop Luda only because, you know, uh. Luda flow, I don't think ever evolved, you know what I'm saying? He always, you know, so I know he's good to make a great record, but I didn't see any, you know, <coughs> I saw it as as just that, Um as he may be good as his next record, and I didn't see an evolution of his flow. It might have got, you know, um dated. Okay. All right, got you. So, that was a really good next analysis. one Jesus. next one good. is next one is <laughs> put me on the next one is
1: eight baller MJG UGK Outcast.
2: Sheesh. Okay. All right. Damn, what when kids this get 20?
1: I'll be feeding the kids tomorrow. they gonna get peace on test. I'm my just favorite saying, groups. <laughs> me too. That's
2: why I'm good. For. These are my favorite damn groups. Um, I would definitely, definitely sign Outcast for sure. You know, just just alone. You know, how talented those dudes were. It was, you know, be- before that. You know, I'm an outcast, man. Some players, but they just came out different, soulful. You know, and Dre in itself as a lyricist, you know, and creating great songs. Um, um, I would develop UGK. I would develop UGK because I felt like <clears throat> pimp. And bun lyrically bun, and pimp that tone you can't match that you know and it, it had room to grow to develop into something bigger and um damn I love eight ball and M J G I have to drop
1: coming out hard is incredible
2: I will have damn classic bro classic but I will have to drop eight ball and M J G probably for the same reason of the because let's
1: be clear U G K don't have a better album than coming out hard
2: they don't. They don't, but I see...
1: But Pimp C was that But I see,
2: yeah, I I know what Bun B and Pimp C have, like, individually, that could be developed into something greater. Like, they could be A&R to a a great... Nothing's better. Coming out hard was like a classic. Classic. That's middle school for me, so... Yeah, but I still think that... um, A-Ball and MJG, I feel like as as artists, Pimp C and UGK had more more room to grow. So mm-hmm. that's why I would. I de- can take that. That's why I would develop them, you know. A little bit more Southern. Yeah.
1: A-Ball MJG was a slightly country. Like yeah. A little, it was like yeah. that line between Southern and country. Yeah. God
2: damn boy. Yeah. Okay. The
1: all the right, cool. I'm going to get a couple wait, more.
0: Wait, hold on. What is the line between Southern and country? I missed something.
1: Okay, so so T.I. is Southern. Boosie is country. Brackson
0: looked like he went to fight me just now.
1: No, no. No, T.I. is Southern. Boosie is country.
0: Uh, okay, that that's all. I, got it. Makes sense. Totally, Wayne
1: started off. Uh, he was never probably country, but he became southern. southern King and then East Coast and everything. So Southern country is country. Like nobody in the South. Okay. I ain't gonna say. Let me not say. <laughs> <Right. Let's laughs> say. I <was laughs> say, I don't know because I don't know if people in the South really want to refer to themselves as country. Country is kind of like you country, you country. Yeah, like I'm from the country, bro. Like we, you they know, like country. Yeah, 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 like you know, country is country. All
3: right, that's a, that's yeah. what I want. All right,
1: cool. So I got a couple more. Doja Cat, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B.
2: Doja Cat, Nicki Minaj, <coughs> Cardi B. Um, I would definitely sign Nicki Minaj. I would develop Cardi just because, you know, I feel like, I mean, they, they've done a good job with her. You know, I think that she has a personality of a star, like, she has an emotional connection to her fans that has room to grow to, to keep growing, you know what I'm saying, because she's authentic and she stands for something, you know, and it's a real thing, and I think that that's how you create those cults and those cult followers by having a connection outside of your music uh, to grow. So I would develop her understanding that she has plenty, plenty more room to grow, product, and all types of things that Cardi could do based on her emotional connection to her her fans, outside of her music. And Doja, I don't understand what she is, so I would drop her. Um, even though she's talented, I don't know what her brand really is, so I'd drop her. Mm, good
1: point. All right, Cole, we get a couple more. You want an R&B one? Sure, yeah. Okay, I'm just saying. Chris Brown, Usher, R. Uh, Kelly.
2: Shit.
3: God
2: no, no. <laughs> Oh man, I can't. I can't drop nothing. How you gonna drop? How you gonna we got drop? To, we get twenty dollars for the kids. Oh, I, yeah. get,
3: I gotta get twenty dollars. Twenty dollars for the kids, yeah. everybody. The kids are gonna be eating pizza. We're gonna
1: send Taz pictures of the kids eating pizza, guys. It's gonna be a good day. They're gonna throw a drop saying thanks, Taz. I'm telling you. All right, Damn. cool. All right, cool. Drew Hill, okay. Joe to boys the man.
2: Shit. Uh. Damn, boy. True Hill, Jodeci. Boys to men. <laughs> Man. <laughs> How the hell you going to pick? I should have stood on rap, bro. I don't know. <laughs> <what> <laughs> he's like, wow,
1: I don't know how the hell to. If we get $40 for the kids. It's all good. It's I all... got to give it. A... $40 for the kids, everybody. I do goddamn... Nobody loses in this game. Nobody don't loses in this game.
0: Did... You know, it's because he's looking at it from a branding perspective. I like
1: how he's looking I at it. I listen yeah. to the
2: music, though,
0: also. Like you like, I don't know how to brand this.
1: Like, all right, cool. Two more. Brand. First one is J. Cole, Kendrick, Travis Scott. Three strong-ass brands.
2: Uh, I would, I would sign Kendrick. Sixty for the kids. For the kids. <laughs> I would develop J. Cole and drop Travis
1: Scott. Oh! <laughs> I, I love it.
2: Really All right, last one, last one. Jay Z. Oh
1: shit! Kanye <laughs> West. Drake. Oh my! Come on now. Do the kids get? Somebody got
0: to do it.
2: Come get the on, 60 now. $60 Sit
1: for the kids. Yeah, Sit down you know for the kids. Oh. For the kids. Right, I to, thought you was going to make an executive decision. No, 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 no. I like that. He's smart. He's smart. I can't do that. Anybody, who, these motherfuckers will call him.
0: Call
1: him. <laughs> yes. y'all like, Yo, need your help. Hold on. Did you say you're going to drop You pay that, <laughs> that $20. dollars is going to come back and pay him later. All right. So we had this part of the show uh, before we wrap. We had this part of the show where we, uh, we don't give people flowers here on the God Show. We give people credit. Yeah. So, like, it, if you can give me two or three names not obvious, not I mean, obviously, you can say mom and dad, you know, but yeah, two or three not so obvious names of people who are helped you along the journey that you want to just shout out to for give a shout out to because you know they could leverage this, they can be like, Look,
2: <laughs> industry, In the industry. I think, um, I think first and foremost is probably my partner, G Roberson,
1: G Roberson, uh, Love
2: G G, G. freaking. You know, I wish I could. Cause it's going to be my partners, all of them. I mean, I could. I picked G and Sean G. I mean, that's. We kind uh, of own as a blueprint, but I, I wish I could pick my whole team. But they. I'm the youngest of the crew, right? And I credit. Um, I couldn't pick my artists, right? Because I would definitely. It could be whoever them. you want to pick. Or well, Wayne and G Roberson. Let me do that. I can't Perfect. do that. All right. Because Wayne, you know, Wayne saw Watch something in the game. Me that I didn't see in myself. Like, literally saw something that changed my life. Mm. So, there's nobody that's going to, you know, uh, uh, trump that about him. You know, he literally made my life what it is now. And I give him all the credit in the world. And G. Robeson is the one who made all these ideas and thoughts in my head about how to manage an artist and the things to do make sense. And he helped elevate me, to, you know, um, um, help elevate me as a as a partner to the point, you know, where I am, the being in the right rooms and, and understanding the business as what it was. So those two people I definitely give credit to for the reason why I'm sitting here.
1: Of course, last question to me right, so By the way, the show is called The God Show. The God yeah. Show is an acronym for goats and underdogs. Oh, shit. That's yeah, p- yo, So
0: that's what it stands for. So the last question I got to ask you is, do you consider yourself a goat or underdog and why?
2: Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I, I consider don't. myself either. either. I'm definitely not the GOAT. I know I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not that. There's there's people who paved the way for me and did this, you know, who I, I look up to and learn, especially on the manager, the Russells. And there's a lot, it's too many people. To, Jay's did it. So many people gave me advice along the way, along my journey these 19 years that I, c- I would never uh, claim that title. I don't think that. I'm an underdog, though I don't think a lot of people know me. But the people that do, I think they will call you the goat, bro. They know you what know.
1: it is. bro. You're about as the artist that sold one million the first week. Right. I don't
0: know <laughs> how we're we gonna sing <laughs> and I say I mean, that's how many to say level. they
2: done that. I don't know. I, I take that term. I don't like. I don't lightly use that term, though. Like I don't know. Like I look at that. Listen, I'm I'm super blessed, and Heavy and strong. I didn't. It took me to this point in my career. Actually, when I moved back to when things start slowing down for me. And uh to really start looking at all these accolades. And I think the first time we like three years ago when Drake was winning that billboard, ten years, you know, we can he came here, we took a shot. He came, he was standing in my apartment, like make it so far gone at the twelve I had. Uh, and he was like, yo, we celebrate ten years of me being in this business. Let's go back to when you was letting me stay in your apartment, that bar I used to go to every day, let's yeah. take a shot. You know, and let's take a shot to the success. And it just hit me at that point. I'm like, damn. You know, you one of the greatest to do this, and you know, so it took me a long time to resonate. So I'm trying to accept, you know, your position in it. Yeah, my position in it and the things that I did to help uh, these artists fulfill their dreams.
1: But last thing before I know we got to go, but I just want to ask you: Can you tell us a little bit about the programs that you're running? Oh yeah, you're doing some dope shit for up and coming ta- up and coming music executives.
2: Yeah, purpose now, man. Purpose has shifted for me. <coughs> um, I what felt that like name. I've been so. Um, blessed along these years to work with all these talented people. I thought that this this chapter of my journey is about paying it forward and mm-hmm. giving it back. One of the things I did, I went back to my alma mater, Jackson State University. I've been teaching that for the last couple years, but I'm also yes. starting in the fall with de- developing a uh, two-year music business certificate program um, at at Jackson State and plan on, plan on uh, licensing it to other HBCUs. One thing I saw was that although hip hop is the largest genre in the world, at I, we got 100 HBCUs, we might have five of them that really have music business programs. Ooh. So we're not, so we're not training the next thinkers mm-hmm. around our artists to stop making the same mistakes we've been making throughout history. So that's my, so that's on my journey. Then we have a, um, a music in- industry pipeline program called Project Go Dark that run out here in Atlanta. Uh it's literally an internship program. We we target students from in and around Atlanta so right now, uh mostly uh HBCUs, Georgia State, black kids. Black kids, they're very intentional black. Um, to give them sort of like a two week crash course in, in the music business depend on what they're interested in. We call our friends around the city. L V R N Q C uh Shandy, you took a you took an intern last cohort, right? Over here. So we had an intern over here. Yeah, yeah, I had an intern over here. Yeah, yeah. So we call yes. our friends up and see if they wanna help to shape these next brilliant minds, you know, to try to protect our culture, man.
0: Love that. Love that. So
2: yes. I just wanna say, bro, you the goat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bro, I right. appreciate Nah, it. seriously, bro. Like, yeah, if I want if there's kids watching this, I just want them to pay attention to the fact that you could have just stayed Lil Wayne's friend. Yeah, you could have just been like, "I'm Lil Wayne's friend." That's why I'm lucky to be here. And you didn't. You took the ball he gave you. And I'm pretty sure there was a lot of other people that had ball access that didn't do what you did. <laughs>